and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest podcast on planet Earth. This is the No Sides Podcast with your hosts, Logan Steele and Austin Cavalier. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the studio. My name is Austin Cavalier. I'm here with Logan Steele. Hi. Our guest, Patrick Cashman. How you guys doing? Welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming. Um, to kick the show off, we like to do something weird. We make you do a self-introduction. Okay. Go for it. Uh, well, I'm Patrick Cashman. Um, I'm a culinary consultant and a master certified health and wellness coach. And uh, a little obsessed with backpacking, cycling, and yoga. I like it. You and Austin are yoga bros. Yeah. The last time I saw you. <laughs> so a quick backstory for some of our listeners. Uh, I've been a fan of you for a long time in a weird way. Um, <laughs> you had a restaurant here in town called Guru Barbecue. And I'm going to say it. It's the best fucking Korean uh, barbecue taco. Is that the right way to say that? Korean yeah. barbecue pork taco? Yeah. The best thing I've ever had. It's one of the best things I've ever put in my mouth. Yeah, it's, a, it's an addicting <laughs> recipe for sure. Thank oh, you. I mean, amazing food. Uh, nothing on that menu was bad. I mean, everything was well-crafted. It was a great environment. And uh, when it closed, I, I, I remember uh, my friend, Justin, uh, who, you know, we would text on a weekly basis and just like send like little, little messages to each other. Like how depressed are you? Right. Now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. That restaurant served uh, a weird purpose in my life when I was first starting my business and he was starting his, and uh, we didn't have a lot of business, either one of us. And We'd go there and talk about the future and eat some really good barbecue. So it, it held a kind of a special place in my heart. But well, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, while it was a shining star for you, it was literally my nightmare. <laughs> that's what you said. That's, <laughs> that's what you said. And the restaurant industry is a weird, weird place. So yeah. that's that, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, to get into things, what we really like to do on this podcast is get you to tell your story. Because we, we like to interview weird and interesting people. Yeah. And I think you fit maybe a little bit yeah. of both of those. Yeah. If you can tell us more odd, about what I'd you say do. odd. Odd. Yeah. I like that. I like that too. What got you into your field? And tell us from the start. Can you give us a full backstory on, on yeah. kind of your life and, and what molded you into the person you are today? Yeah. There's a lot of places I could go here. Um, yeah, I'm from Minneapolis. Okay. from Northeast Minneapolis. That's um, where you grew up. I grew up between there and Vienna, Austria. So I was in Vienna, Austria for four years, ages nine to 14. What took you there? My dad's job, the seed business. So agriculture, the industrial boom in um, India. And then a competitor of his company worked for here in Iowa, um, over in Tisted, Denmark. Um, They had this idea to merge so that they could manufacture closer to India and ship closer to India and be part of that boom um, of grain cleaning and separating machinery. Wow. What was it like as a kid, kid there? You know, I was a kid there, so I didn't really understand the opportunity that I was given, but uh, it was magnificent. You know, I've kind of always wanted to go back. Um, How many years were you there? It was like four. Wow. Four years, 91 to 94. Wow. But that's, you know, different months there to make it almost four years. Yeah. Ages nine to 14. It's wild. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then you came back here. Uh, I came back. I moved back to the same house. We were in Minneapolis. My dad was working for a company in Iowa. We moved back to the same house. I was there for another two years. 
And then he decided um, to come down here. They wanted him down at the headquarters here in Urbandale, Iowa, the Ken Bratney company. And um, cause he was one of the original like laptop uh, work from home warriors back in the day, you know, that was rare back then. Yeah. So we moved down here. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school and I ended up at uh, Dowling and I didn't want to go there, but I met the best people of my entire life there for sure. <laughs> and then uh, a little bit of Kansas city uh, for college. I royally screwed that up and where my journey kind of starts with what I do now. I mean, I always cooked since I was eight, but um, I didn't know what I was wanted to do for school. So my mom said, you know, Hey, you've been cooking for yourself a little bit since you were eight, you've done some family meals. Everybody needs to eat around the world. You can find a job anywhere with it. So you could go back to Austria and she said, why don't you go to culinary school? So that's what I did. And it was like the first time in my life that I really excelled. Where did something, where did you go to culinary? I just did Iowa culinary Institute. The first year it was open. Wow. Yeah. What is, what is that like? I mean, is that like a high pressure, like, in classroom stuff or are you in no. a, are you in like a big kitchen every day that's what's missing in there is it's not high pressure they have these wine dinners and bistro they call it where you you start to learn about the high pressure but really you're only cooking one dish that you had uh, at the bistro that you planned out and then the wine dinners you're you're cooking an eight course meal that somebody else designed or maybe you designed it um but that's more like fundamentals of like let's say you can learn how to write before you become an author, right? When you get out there and you start publishing books and things like that, that's when you really learn. So when you get out in the field and you start making your own recipes and learning from chefs and that pressure, that's what uh, I think really makes a good chef. Culinary school does not make a great chef. Do you think it's a waste of time? I do not think it's a waste of time. I think not everybody needs it. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, because you, you do most of your, I'm, I'm no chef. I just, I was a big fan of Anthony Bourdain and yeah, I love cooking shows and everything, but uh, a lot, a lot of them learn on the job under a chef, right? Yes. Go over to France or whatever, you know? Right. And it really comes down to your passions. Like if you have a passion for food and making your own food, you're going to figure some stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, what was your first job right out? Ooh, well, I worked, so I would go to school in the morning. And then I'd go work a full shift. Um, so I was working at Greenbrier during that. I had a little stint at Granite City. I, the first year that was opened, I was a kitchen manager there. I worked there. Uh, well, I was a kitchen manager right at the end. Um, and then moved in to Greenbrier. And uh, I was there for two and a half years. What a great place. Yeah, I was part of opening Dish. I mean, wow. by no means was that my menu, but. Logan's never been. Uh, You've never been. To, I'm going to take you. Where's uh, that? It. Oh, it's in Johnston, Iowa. Yeah. Right in front of the Hy-Vee. Right in Hy-Vee. Yeah. Hy-Vee parking lot. Yeah. In Johnston? It's a class act place. It is. They use local Iowa Angus cattle, which in my opinion is the best on the planet. Oh, man. It's a great date spot. It's uh, one of the best. That's where I take my dates. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you sit in the bar or do you sit in the restaurant? Uh, I like to sit in the bar at a table. Same. Yeah. Same. The restaurant's kind of, it's great, but it's just not for me. I was in that kitchen and then after being in the kitchen, I'd go in the bar and hang out with everybody. So that I, I like to hang out there. Are you still kind of of a celebrity when you walk in that place? No, that- we, it's funny though. They have some of the same waitresses that have been there since the nineties. And so, yeah, some of them we chat and recognize. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. How long did you work at that restaurant? 
two and a half years. So you you got a lot of experience on the line. I did. Yeah. See, I've I, I, I've seen lines. I've never worked on one. I've I've been around a couple different ones at some some uh, jobs I've had, but it's like this scary, sexy place, isn't it? Yeah. It's just. <laughs> it depends what's going on. There's a, you know. <laughs> It's a lot of antition building up to the service if it's going to be busy. And then when it's over, man, it's, a, it's an absolute celebration. You feel like sometimes, specifically on holidays like New Year's and specifically there, like you survived a battle or something like that. It's wild. Have you seen that new movie, <laughs> The Menu? It just came out. I did see that. I went to the theater for that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I just watched it. Yeah. I have felt like him. <laughs> <laughs> what, what actor was that? Is it, was it somebody famous? Ralph or? Fiennes. Yeah, he's. A, I don't know who that is. Is he British? Yeah, British you do. Movie. Ralph Fiennes is. Uh, Austin's not a huge like movie guy. Oh, I tried. Well, he played yeah. Voldemort. That's probably his most famous role recently. Well, he probably had a prosthetic on for that, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. He, no, that's his but, real nose. Also. But like, <laughs> Red, he was in Red Dragon. Um, I'm drawn. It's a brain fart right now. But in my opinion, he's one of the greatest actors that's ever lived. Really? Like, if you see him, you can be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that that guy. I I really like that movie. My girlfriend didn't like it as much. I understand. Uh, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. It's kind of a guy's movie. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. What were your roles at Greenbrier? Like what was, your Oh, job? so I started out on fry side, which was like appetizers and a few entrees. Um, and then I moved over to saute, uh, which is going to be your pastas, um, seafood, anything with a pan. Yes, exactly. A lot of flambéing and, Fire and yeah. So I'm going to ask some questions just because I'm generally interested, but how many people are working in a big, a big line like that? Well, it depends how it's designed. It depends on the talent. There's a lot of factors into that, but um, on that line, we were humping along with me, a broiler, a saute guy, and then Troy, um, who was the executive chef and the mastermind behind the food there. And he was what you call expo. And what an expo does is, calls out what's coming in, keeps the tabs on how to organize the tickets, making sure that saute is keeping up with fry and broiler on the same tickets. So they're going out at the same time. He's, you know, exposed the general. Are you guys saying yes, chef back there? Or is that, no, is that only in- <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. Troy might've hit somebody if you said that to him. Yeah. Have you seen the show, the bear? Uh, not yet. I've Hulu? been recommended to. I tried. You didn't like it. Loved it. I so loved I've it. been told to watch it by many people. Um, but the chefs that, I've talked to about it. I've told me like, you know, watch it when you're happy. Cause it's going to bring back some things that you experienced. It's kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no cook. So I'll watch it. We'll see. But apparently uh, there can be some, some moments that bring you back to anxiety. I could see that. Is the, is the line inherently a very anxious place? Yeah. It's a stressful environment. It really I is. I mean, you're people think that magic happens in the kitchen, right? And so you're, you're trying to create these wonderful, fantastic dishes but execute a table of 10 in 15 minutes and you've got you know 20 tables of 10 how do you feel about 801 <laughs> uh 801's great um i'm boycotting them yeah are you boycotting them I'm fucking pissed at them <laughs> what could they have done to you dude last three times i've been there they fucked up my chops my lamb Ooh. chops i go there for my lamb chops last three times they've come out burnt charred what do you do in that situation? You don't just take it, do you? First time. Oh, always. I always do. But you don't speak up and say, hey. The, fir- the first time. These are clearly burnt. The first time. <laughs> I'd like some more. First please. time. <laughs> the first time. Uh, the girlfriend said something. And they brought out new ones, after, you know, 10 minutes later. 
whatever. And they were okay. Uh, second time, I didn't say nothing. I ate. You get two lamb chops. I think I ate one. The third time, uh, it came out. I didn't take a single bite. I said, fuck it. Push my plate away. I had already eaten. These are three separate dining experiences? Three separate dining experiences. Okay. Uh, supposedly, they got... they. The wait, waiter told me they got a new chef or something. I can't remember, but interesting. Um, yeah, the third time I just pushed my plate away. I said, "Fuck it," and haven't been back. Are lamb chops a hard dish to grill? Uh well, it's one of those dishes you want to keep medium rare for sure. Yeah, and that's how I order it. Yeah, that's so it's supposed it, to be ordered. It shouldn't be that. So on fry side at Greenbrier, I could. I mean, my main one of my main things I was doing for entrees was the lamb chops. So you say fry side? That's not a fryer. Yeah, no, it's fry side. I had two ovens, three fryers. Um, and then some garmage, which is cold kitchen appetizers and things like that. Really? So the lamb chop specifically would come from saute. Order would come in. It'd get sauteed uh, really quickly. And then I'd get it and I'd put it on a pan and put it in the oven and it would finish out there. But it had already been marinating. So like earlier in the day, I would take the chops, French them, season them, and then wrap it and let that just soak in. Wow. Yeah. And then you'd send it out in the plate hole. These places that cut the chops and everything, it's like a visual thing. I think it's a really poor idea to do with something that's a little leaner, you know, because you're going to lose. Like bone on? Yeah. Yeah. Like yours are cut at 801, right? Would they cut into individual chops or did you get a rack? No. Individual. Keeping it in a rack, you're going to have a better product every time. Makes sense. In my opinion. Yeah. Not I've, as sexy probably when they're But people want sexy anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah I get it. We eat with our eyes. Yeah. I've I've ruined venison loins because I've I've coined them out. Uh, yeah. and then tried to grill those and they just completely dry out. Yeah. You gotta you gotta grill those as a whole loin. It's such yep. a, a lean meat. I mean, it's probably better for barbecuing or something like that. Hundred percent. Or even braising. Hundred yeah. percent. It's my favorite cut of meat. Uh lamb chops. Love lamb chops. Yeah. I know you do. It's arguably the cleanest, healthiest meat that human beings could eat. Yeah. I thought my favorite. Um, I was going to ask you too, just because I have a lot of questions around this, but how many hours is that shift? Is it a standard shift? Are, are you there quite early to prep things? Well, it depends. You know, I, I was one of the guys that helped out at lunch and I even come in sometimes and help out with like breakfast caterings. So there were times I was there all day. Um, but typically the shift started at three and uh, service started at four 30. And then you'd close up during the week. You know, they close at, well, back then, I think it was nine. So you'd wrap up then. And then on the weekends, it's like 11. So. I I grew up there just going all the time. Like 10, not 11. I grew up going all the time. And my dad was really good friends with the owner. We talked about this yeah, before. Paul. Yeah. And so he always shows that to be the spot. I think a lot of his engagements. It was the spot. It, it still kind of is. It, he, he did a lot of, um, he did a lot of speaking for his job. And that was back in the days where I could come to those engagements because dad's a doc and um, you can't do that now, but um, that was always his spot, you know? So he'd, he'd bring those groups there. I'm sure that was like, they, they loved that. But there was one time I was there and um, Paul grabbed me and he took me back to the kitchen. I was amazed. Yeah. It's a big one. And I thought it was really clean and I was a kid, but I was just like really taken back with how like clean it was. Yeah. Um, maybe that's not the case everywhere, but you know, I go into a lot of kitchens with my job now and have been for many years now, but uh, there's a lot of clean kitchens in Iowa. There's specifically since the COVID thing, I've been noticing a lot more clean kitchens. And I think that's because they had time. Are you, you know, the or are, new ownership? Are you the John Taffer of restaurants? I am not the John. No, 
That'd be no, a- I just uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment. I know a lot about. I love that show. I love it too. <laughs> I love that guy. It's so trash, yeah. but it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> 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 it, it, it reminds me of pimp my ride you know it's like it's like yeah. first of all you did not transform that in 24 hours yeah, like right. you know it, it, well he's he is changing lives though if he is yeah which yeah. is fascinating some yeah. of those people aren't worth saving though no oh, yeah. no he, the I owner's mean, he, out there hammered trying to fight people and it's he, like oh just change your he sets a lot of those you. places up for the next owner yeah really yeah i mean yeah, yeah. and he's a part investor in it so Oh, he invests in every one of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Pretty sure. It's, yeah. It's, it makes for a great show. But can you continue on your journey? The, the, the one thing that we get sidetracked with, we go, my dad calls it going off into the weeds. Yeah. We just get sidetracked because I ask, yeah, I ask a lot of questions. I get interested in a lot of things. But um, so you grew up on the line in the culinary side of things. Yeah. Uh, for many years. Uh, and then I, I moved over to, um, there's some like a parallel storyline going on here. So like there's my culinary career and then there's my health and wellness, like the, the, my passion. Um, so we'll get, we'll come back to the passion. Um, so I started working at a place. Um, some friends of mine opened up a rehab facility, uh, non 12 step and they needed help with the food. So I went there to help them kind of set it up and I ended up staying there for like eight years. Um, so I was working with, uh, some doctors, uh, to use food to help people detox that were coming in with like benzos, you know, pharmaceutical addictions. Um, benzos are wild, 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 they'll kill you. Um, alcohol, opiates, you know, you name it. And, um, that's, that's like kind of where I started to get a little educated. I, uh, one of the doctors there kind of shook me one day. He came to me and he's like, Hey, I need you to remove gluten and dairy from the menu for the people that are detoxing. Like you can serve it to the people that are out of detox. It's not a problem. And I, I actually think I, uh, I don't know about cussing on here, but I, I let her fly. Yeah. I, I think I actually said, uh, you know, fuck you. This is my buddy. You know, it's not going to happen because that's a ton of my menu. Right. Which is a really ignorant thing to say with what I know now. Um, and he said, well, how about I give you a blood test and we see if you're allergic to any foods? And I said, okay. And two weeks later, uh, I found out that I was allergic to casein protein, which is one of the proteins in dairy. And he told me everyone's allergic to this. And oh, okay, what's, what's the symptoms of that? Well, you would feel like you have arthritis and you'd have eczema. And I had been recently told I might have arthritis and I had eczema <laughs> Shit. and I, I had to stop working out because my hip hurt. And so I stopped dairy two weeks later, working out again, pain went away. Eczema started to go kind of away, went away for sure later. Um, and then found out I was allergic to gluten and he's like, everyone's allergic to gluten, which is a protein in, in wheat and barley. Um, our wheat and barley though, right? Uh, yeah. So that's an interesting side note there. This is something that's only really happening in the United States and New Zealand. It was happening in Australia for a while, but they've started to figure some things out there. But the way that we process the way we grow, the way we treat the wheat, and then the way that we process it is uh, not species appropriate. It's very highly inflammatory, and it's actually one of the reasons why chronic disease and autoimmune diseases are on the rise since the '60s. Like if you like if uh, you import like pasta, like wheat pasta from Italy, and shit, from Italy and stuff, completely different. Yeah. Well, Europe 
mills their wheat still. And we, um, we process the shit out of it, man. Uh, someone that has an, an allergy uh, to, uh, to gluten, they could eat that pasta from like Italy. Yeah. Well, I don't know about celiacs. That's what um, I was going for. Celiac. I couldn't, I couldn't think of it, but then there's also something else is like fermentation. We'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. Um, and then also the other two things, pinto beans. I didn't need to ask him. I was like, I don't need pinto beans. I know what's going on there. Every oh, time I ate beans. Mexican food, I had some trouble. So cut those, moved to black beans. And then I found I was allergic to coffee and it was a fungus on the coffee. And if you kind of look at the, the coffee industry right now, um, they're all starting to produce these fungus-free coffees. And the reason being is when coffee became like ubiquitous around the world, like every corner had to have coffee, you know, tourists, we got to have coffee. If it's a restaurant, we got to have coffee. They started these places that were producing it. They were cutting corners and, you know, cutting down the drying time and shipping it a little moist and these funguses were growing. Right. Um, and so I was like, well, that's interesting. What, what would an allergy to coffee be like? And he's like, well, you know, you would clear you out. You'd have a pretty quick bowel movements and you might feel a little fluish if you're really severely allergic to it for about 45 minutes. And every time I had coffee, I felt like I had the flu for about 45 minutes. So I cut that out, moved to black tea. Um, and, uh, anyways, that was a little wake up call that helped me kind of figure out some things down the road because like my mom had just passed away from cancer. The advice I got, we got for her to like treat it with nutrition from doctors, I really think killed her faster. I was living this way after she passed away. Um, cause I thought, you know, these are doctors. They, they know everything about health. Wait, and they were I ended up about, I ended up with cancer. They told you guys to like eat clean and stuff. Well, that? what they said, they, you know, here's a juicing book. Oh, um, you need to cut out red meat. Um, focus on your vegetables and things like that. Um, and like what I know now is that that's just like some of the worst advice you could give a human being in general really? because of things uh, called plant defense chemicals, things like oxalic acid, lectins. Um, and like, what are those? Oxalic acid is really prevalent in kale, spinach, and almonds. And it's the leading cause of kidney stones and colon section removal surgery. Holy and shit. lectins are, for example, like a potato um, or skins of tomatoes or peppers and the seeds of peppers and, and tomatoes. Um, and they're undigestible and they're made up of these protein chains that are much like different tissues in the human body. So when we eat tomatoes all the time, like someone that's eating tomatoes with every meal every day, they're likely going to end up with arthritis. And here's why. Because the lectins, when they go into the digestive system, they, we can't break it down. We don't have stomach acid to break it down. We actually have pretty weak stomach acid. Um, and so they get into, we chew them up and they remain in the pieces. You know, the piece that left our mouth, it comes out our butt. It Always. doesn't change. So what happens there is the little tiny pieces of the lectins that get lodged in the, in the lining of the intestines. So if you can like see that. Mm-hmm. there's these tight junctions in our intestines that keep everything, you know, connected. And the lectins, what they do is they, they're like a key. They get into the, into one area and they blow a hole and you have leaky gut at this point. Right. 
And now undigested food with these lectins, these plant defense chemicals that we can't process are getting into our abdomen. So then the immune system shows up and it destroys these protein chains that mimic the tissue in our shoulder, our knee, our neck, our hip, our foot. And so the immune system learns how to attack that protein chain. And we start to have cytokine storms that we call arthritis. Can the human body repair those holes? Yes, absolutely. Under the right circumstances, of course, you'd have to stop consuming lectins. So when you eat tomatoes, do you like boil them and then peel them? And- yeah, so that's a great question. So you ever hear like, you know, my, my Italian grandmother wouldn't like that red gravy. You know, that's not Italian, blah, blah, blah. What's really going on there is they use a process in Italy called concasse, where they boil the potato, they score and boil the tomato. They peel the skin off. They pull the seeds out. And then they make their sauce from the pulp which is a fruit and humans, we've got a pretty good relationship with fruit. Like when you really boil it down, the things that humans can eat are cooked meats, you know, organs, anything, an animal, we can eat all that, but it's gotta be cooked. Okay. Cause that's like, we have to, let me back up. Should I stop eating steak tartare? You shouldn't stop, but you're not really able to pull as many nutrients out of that as, as something that's cooked because we humans, because of our brain and like the tools that we have, we do a lot of the digesting on the outside of our body. We're kind of weak. Like look at our nails, our teeth. We're not really formidable. We can't jump high. We can't run fast. We can't fly. Okay. But how do we become the apex predator? Well, tools. And one of our tools is like fermenting vegetables, fermented dairy. And why fermenting? Well, you need enzymes to be able to access nutrients that are in proteins, fats, and sugars. And we possess the enzymes in our stomach, even though our stomach acid is pretty weak compared to other carnivores in the animal kingdom, we can break down cooked meat very readily because we've been doing that for about 2 million years. Um, and then the vegetables, we don't have those enzymes to break down and pull those nutrients out. So we have to make things like kimchi or pickles, but then pickles get pasteurized in the United States, which kills the enzymes. So like there's a brand called Grillo's Pickles that doesn't pasteurize. If you see pickles packed in plastic, that's like the only time to, to really be happy about the, the product in plastic, because that means it's not pasteurized. Does that make sense? Like yeah. at the, at the, at the, gro- <laughs> no, at the, no, at the grocery store, at the gas station, that pickle in a bag. No, 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 no. <laughs> This is like hard plastic containers versus glass. How do you feel? How do you feel about raw milk? I think it's a miracle. I think it's one of the, well, what do we do when we're born? We consume milk, right? I know it's from another animal, but excuse me. We started consuming raw dairy about 8,000 years ago. um, And we would ferment it. Okay. So things like kefir and and things like that, which is producing enzymes. What is, what is kefir? Kefir is fermented cream or milk. Really? Yeah. It tastes like liquid sour cream. It's got to smell horrible, right? I don't think so. I think it's wonderful. Interesting. But let me tell you a story about milk. Um, Fast forwarding a little bit to 2020, when I decided to go on a different career path, um, I was being interviewed for the Sapien Project. Uh, which is like a six part film documentary on it's called food lies. There's a medical book being written. And then I'm working now on the cookbook uh, with the creator of it. And in the middle of the interview, he's like, what do you eat? And I tell him, he's like, that's really good. It sounds species appropriate. I noticed there's no dairy though. And I was like, yeah, I can't, 
I can't eat dairy. And I told him the story about the test with that doctor. And um, afterwards he chuckled and I'm, I'm like, what the hell? This guy's laughing. Cause I can't eat dairy. <laughs> and I'm like, Wait, why is that funny? And he's like, you're not allergic to dairy. You're allergic to American dairy. You're allergic to pasteurization. That's what I was wondering. And that's what the problem with all this shit going on with people in dairy is that there's a whole industry that was stolen by the producers of pasteurization equipment. They even had enough money to lobby that you couldn't serve raw milk. It's a huge disservice to humanity. We looked up the laws because we were talking about it one day. Look up blue milk sometime. Um, and like the five years were 8,000 kids. They think about 8,000 children died a year because of blue milk. The experiment to feed spent grains to cattle and produce milk. And then they produced, then they were like, look, milk's dangerous. We need this pasteurization process. Pasteurization is marketed, at least in my mind, as the, one of the greatest innovations in food science. Yeah, it's because it creates something that's going to be shelf-stable longer and you profit off all your product. Holy shit. And you can, you can, you can make a corporation of that. You're, you, you don't have these small dairies anymore. You don't have a guy you go down the street or a girl you go down the street and you get your milk. When I was growing up in Austria, I'd get my milk. we get our milk right behind us. There's a farm right behind us. And, uh, I I've often kind of thought about this cause I'm, I'm quite a bit taller than my brothers who are older than me and they're, you know, years where they were really getting their height. They were in the United States. And then for like four years over in Austria, I'm drinking raw milk. I remember pouring it on my cereal and like, there's fat on like, and I'd be like, Ugh. but it was so delicious. Like when I would eat it. Um, so I, I think that I had a huge advantage with raw dairy during that period to, to be taller. You said something about marketing there just now. Do you think the one of, obviously not the most injustice, but the food pyramid? Oh, my God. It's a. What do you think about that marketing? I mean, this is where I'm going to probably polarize some people. I honestly think that it's a form of like population control yeah, for profit. I think that Hold it, on. you're not, you're not shocking anyone in this chair. <laughs> you think the food pyramid, the, the food pyramid was introduced to control. Yeah, you ever read the art of war? I, I haven't. I was, What's one of the first steps control their food Fuck. to control when you're population. trying to take over another population and subvert them, control their food, make them sick all the time, make them think they've got all these other problems. So they're not critically thinking about what you're doing. Who would benefit from this <sighs> government? Medical industry, pharmaceutical industry. You think there's people at the top of this whole thing that would, would have, have instituted these things? Yeah, I don't think that they were like, hey, we're going to fuck everybody over. But I think they were like That's smart businessmen that were like, hey, I want these laws made. And they're just trying to profit. And what well, they're yeah. doing is they're using process. We used to process food in the old world to increase nutrient density and bioavailability, right? That was like 99% of all tool innovation prior to like 200 years ago. And um, now when we process foods, it's all for increasing shelf. Like this is, this is pasteurization, increasing shelf life to increase profit. Um, they now know that when they do this, it's addicting. I'll get into that in a second why that is. Gut biome. and everything. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so kind of lost my train of thought there, but um then there's no nutrients in the modern processing. They through these processes, they remove all the all the nutrients. This is like with the wheat we were just talking about. So go back to milk. So so do you, you think that pasteurization? Do you think that it's removing nutrients? It's removing enzymes, which Life which cuts off human access to the nutrients. Gotcha. 
So it just creates, they call it dead milk. It just creates inflammation. So you end up with like eczema, acne, acne vulgara, um, neuroinflammation that turns into things like Parkinson's. Wow. Do you think that I would be, I can't drink milk. Do you think I would be intolerant to? So this brings us back to where I was before we went on the tangent. So I'm interviewing and he's, he's laughing at me and I'm like, well, what's, what's the deal? And he's like, you're, you're allergic to the pasteurization process. If you can find some raw dairy, go out and try it. And I bet you have no problem. So I immediately, I mean, I had cheddar cheese, sharp cheddar cheese is an obsession of mine since I was five. I used to throw it in the cart. We get home. I would disappear to my neighbor's house. I eat the whole thing like candy bar and be constipated <laughs> for five days. So <laughs> well, at what age? That was like when I was five, man, five and six, my mom figured it out. And then she started keeping track of the cheese. I love it. Um, <laughs> So I immediately, I had a buddy over, uh, Gino, it was me and Gino and I was learning how to do food photography and he's a graphic design guy. And so, uh, we went out and, uh, got some raw dairy at, um, natural grocers. Uh, they sell raw Monterey Jack and raw cheddar, mild and sharp. Can you uh, still get that? Yeah, I got some today. It was the other day and I bought some, uh, they have recultured dairy there, low pasture, dairy, Kelowna dairy. It's a local Iowa dairy out of Kelowna, Iowa. Go get it. That stuff is absolutely delicious. It's low pasteurized machine. There's, there's enzymes left. And if there's not enough enzymes, they reculture. Um, so anyways, I got the cheese and I came home and I'm like, I'm nervous. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to have a piece. And my buddy's like, you better just have a piece. I ended up eating half a pound of cheddar in about 30 minutes. And uh, I had no issues. I was really nervous about it. I thought I was going to get gassy, tired, brain fog, you know, hurt. Usually like my shoulder would lock up. I learned that that was locking my shoulder up. Um, and the next day I felt great. I felt a little hungover, uh, but that was cause I probably had too much cheese. When you have something that's so nutrient dense, um, you know, your body only needs so much. So then it can cause some, some problems, but yeah. Do you think so this, daily now, this Kelowna dairy you talk about, do you think I could, I could, as a person with lactose intolerance, do you yeah. think I could drink that without a problem? Yeah. So like fermenting dairy eliminates lactose like to almost zero. Um, and that's why you don't want to pasteurize it. So what I would say to you is go out and try the cheese first. Um, Should I eat a half a pound? If you, I mean, if you want, man, if, if you want, and, and gateway market has a uh, several different cheeses. They have like Maytag blues, raw dairy. Um, they've got some raw I, dairy goat's milk cheeses that are wonderful. I think Maytag blue really hurts me. I'm sure it does. Why is that? But you're not getting the raw one. Oh, have you tried the raw one? I don't know that. I don't know. They're not all raw. They have a raw one and then a standard one. I understand. Yeah. So they only produce so much of the raw because it's only for a certain market, right? Like uh, I've noticed it. I love a, uh, I drink my, so the way I drink my martini is kettle one up dirty with blue cheese stuffed mm, olives. Yum. Shaken until there's ice on top. Delicious. It's great, right? <laughs> I can drink about 14 of them and <laughs> still function. It's one of my superpowers. Anyway, uh, yeah. uh after about four or five, you realize how much blue cheese you're consuming because you're getting two. They like you three olives. That's a lot of cheese, actually. And yeah, yeah. pasteurized. I mean, I've been on like dates or like business dinners where I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a tough spot. That was my life for a while, man. Dude, I was on a. I was. Uh, it wasn't really. A, this wasn't a date, but I was with a girl I, I liked at the time in Chicago, and we're just hanging out and spending the day with her. And I'm at this bar, and I've been eating burgers and cheese and drinking all day. And like, I'm starting to get the, the pains. Bubble, right. Bubble so I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom and uh, I'm shameless by the way. So 
And I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I go over to the bathroom and it's a fucking swinging door. Oh no. That everyone can see. And so I have to run down Clark street and try to find a place that's gonna let me go into the bathroom. I'm gone for like 45 minutes and I go back and the girls are still there and they're just like, what the fuck? Where'd you go? And I'm like, Oh, uh, saw someone outside and I got caught up in a conversation. I so did. like I had to make up stories for that. I do it all the time. Yeah. Because of my stomach. Yeah. I'll drive home. We, we should talk, man. I, uh, this is what I do in my spare time is I health coach people. Wow. Wow. So keep going. And that, that was a total side side thing there, but it's, it's, it's eye opening to me that you're saying that certain dairies like raw dairy wouldn't affect somebody like me. I, I love dairy. I love ice cream. Yeah. And I feel like I'm it's some cruel, cruel joke to put me on this earth as a kid that loves dairy, yeah. but can't consume it. Yeah. That's uh, it's really only a problem in the United States. Really? Yeah. I got to move away. Uh, we just got to find the right products. Unfortunately, we live in the Midwest, which is heavy on the laws and the lobbying for that. We looked it up on one of our episodes. I don't know how we got into it. We go down these weird tangents, but um, I think I brought up raw milk. Yeah. Raw milk. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a legal thing. Yeah. You, you cannot sell uh raw dairy in like the state of Iowa. Certain States allow it at the farm. Like you, yeah. you can go direct to within, farm. Like go a direct. Five, within a five mile radius or something. All these but that's what our food should be. We should be going to farmers within, not be not to the, maybe not to the farmer for the meat, but to the butcher that's next to the farmer in our neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is the way that we operate food in the United States is an absolute travesty. And that's earlier when I said the food pyramid is, I believe, a population control mechanism for profit. It's, it's very clear that chronic disease is going up and up and up and up since 1955. What will happen in 1955? Dr. Ansel Keys did the six country study at the University of Minnesota, and uh, he got paid by the rapeseed oil industry, which is canola oil, $10,000 to cherry pick his data and tell the public in a 1961 press conference that what he, cause he had actually found like these alternative fats were not good, but he just said, instead of these, you know, omega six fatty acid fats, like seed oils, he demonized omega three fatty acid fats, which are saturated fat and cholesterol for $10,000. I actually know this. So. How, how many people do you think he killed? It's the largest form of genocide the world's ever known. Oh shit! Do you do you really think that there are people? This- he, he, sorry, didn't he say something? Didn't he uh, also look into like sugars and stuff and essentially? Yeah, so well, he became no- the guru yeah. of all this stuff, and uh, I mean, we could we could do a week on that, man. Yeah, but do you think there's people this demonic and and rude at the top? Not rude, but do you think there's these assholes that really are overlooking this and? Yeah, money, 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 look money. What's happened the last? Fucking two and a half years or whatever. They're not going to come out and say they're wrong. I mean, this will destroy everything they ever worked for. This is why, like, the science, the science community, you don't learn anything new in the science community until the guy that had the last theory dies. Right. You know? That's how political that shit is. Yeah. Wow. It's all money, baby. Do we, yeah. do we even use the food pyramid anymore? Well, now it's my plate. Oh. I think there's a new thing that just came out recently. I, I can't pay attention anymore because it's... It was on the wall at school. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. What yeah. was at the top? Meat was at the top. Meat was? Yeah, in right. The, in the little teeny, and salt. In the little teeny category? Yeah, little teeny category. Flip yeah, that I mean, thing on its head. Ferment the bread. Ferment the vegetables. Wasn't grain the big one? Yeah. Grains at the bottom? Yeah, why? Because that's a 95% profit rate. You got cattle. It might be 
eight to ten percent profit. What what oils should I not be consuming? Seed and that are and they're marketed as vegetable oil because you don't. There's no such thing as vegetable oil. It's a marketing term. So seed oil is the problem. These hydrogenized seed oils and it's the way that they treat them. Right? There's seeds are earlier. I was talking about plants to plant defense chemicals. So like seed stems and leaves have these plant defense chemicals. Makes up all vegetables. Seeds are the most protected with these chemicals because it's like the baby, right? And so you have that going on. And then they heat treat these things. They treat with hexane and in the field is glyphosate. And then they heat treat these things and it changes the whole molecular structure of of the oil. Um, And it becomes rancid. And then they put it through a, they descent it so you can't smell or taste the rancidity. But you smell it at fry joints. When you go there and you smell that, oil. That's because all the stuff they did to control the smell is broken down again. So you smell how rancid it is. But what happens there, the reason why is 50% of every cell wall in the human body is made of fat, right? Fat and cholesterol. And this is for our, it's, it's part of our immune system. We want that membrane to be omega-3 fatty acids, saturated fats, because we evolved on those fats eating animals nose to tail. And right now in the United States, we have this by like 94% at this point, metabolic uh, disorder going on. Everybody's got metabolic disorder in the United States. It's wild. And it's because of these fats and our cells are made up of these, of these fats. And so our immune system is always trying to repair itself instead of healing the body. When you say metabolic disorder, what does that mean? Metabolic syndrome. So it's like, I believe Todd, you diagnosed metabolic syndrome is if you are a woman and your waist size is over 35. And if you're a man and your waist size is over 40. Okay. Uh, high risk for uh, diabetes at that point too, as well, right? High risk for all chronic disease. All chronic. So the three main things to, that I would suggest that human beings really pay attention to and learn how to read labels and avoid are added sugar. Yes, there's sugar in products, but I'm talking about added sugar. So these are the processed pro- things. Artificial sugar. Um, seed oil, which is vegetable oil. And then the third one is grain that is not fermented. Interesting. These are the three things that create almost all chronic and autoimmune disease. You, you, you mentioned artificial sweeteners. So, so you are not a fan of diet, diet sodas. I think it killed my mom, man. Are you a fan of cane sugar or what? No, no. So the sweeteners that I would suggest raw honey, uh, raw maple syrup, um, monk fruit sugar. And there's several types of that. You can get confectioner monk fruit sugar, brown monk fruit sugar, granulated monk fruit sugar, liquid monk fruit sugar. Um, and then a sweetener that is okay. It's kind of, the jury's kind of out, but there's nothing really big yet is stevia. Yeah. I, I use stevia a lot in my coffee. Yeah. But there, there there's a little hormone disruption with that. Like is the signaling really- of, of ghrelin and, and um, leptin, which is ghrelin is what we dump when we feel hungry. Our brain dumps when we feel hungry. And leptin is what our brain dumps when we feel full. I never used to drink soda. And I have gone down this horrible path of drinking Diet Coke. Okay. And it's weird how addicting it is. It's super addicting. It's wild. You know, you know why? So when we eat something, these processed foods, and Diet Coke is one of them. But this goes for any overly processed food excuse me, we eat them. Our stomach says there are no nutrients here. The brain says, keep eating until we have nutrients. We need nutrients. So then the whole can is gone. The whole bag of chips is gone. 
you know, the whole bag of gummy bears is gone because you're, you're getting this signal. This is delicious. This is delicious. This is delicious. And what the brain's doing is we need more because we need nutrients. Well, now you're full of energy. Okay. And then you have these things, the kids get diagnosed with ADHD, right? Well, look what you're fucking feeding them. Because they're full of energy and they don't have nutrients or cholesterol to build hormones. Because cholesterol is the precursor to every hormone in the human body and our stomach bile. And the delivery mechanism for proteins to the site of damage in the bottom, in the body. I brought this up on another podcast, but I'm not well-versed in it. I'm just starting to kind of hear about it. Uh, How do you feel about dyes? They're terrible, man. This is also part of the ADHD thing. And that's what I'm starting to pay attention to. Yeah. Like red five, yellow five. It's wild. Have you ever ever been in a grocery store and watched a family check out and just gotten pissed off? It happens to me all the time, dude. I, I, you're a very fit dude. Just walking through the world right now is, is, uh, I got to tune it out a little bit. Zombies. Yeah. But also I kind of, I'll hold court sometimes. Like I just make a comment and someone asks a question. The next thing I know, I've got 10 people around me and we're talking. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So I got to ask you this. Do you have any of these? Like I've got a lot, I'm a fat kid at heart. Okay. And it takes a lot of work for me to not be that. I think I would be too. Fat kid. Uh, (laughs) do you ever have a guilty pleasure? Like, have you yes. ever have you ever pounded an entire bag of Sour Patch Kids? Yeah, you got to live your life. Well, I've pounded millions of those, not millions, <laughs> but like before I figured all this stuff out, this is how I was living. Man. But but now now that you feel the way you feel, are, do you, do you still indulge in some of these foods? Like, would you very rarely? But I got to live my life, so I'll have pizza, you I know, sometimes. Pizza. But then I pay for it for like two days. It hurts you, huh? Bad. What is in it? many what, ways? And what kind of reaction does your body have to it? Uh, I mean, I don't sleep well. I'm lethargic, I'm irritated. Uh, my skin breaks out. I have joint pain. Um, I get constipated. That's so I, good, I, I, there's so many. Yeah, but there's ways around this. Um, George Tomorrow is working on this right now. Ferment the pizza crust. We're trying to get him on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> he's a brilliant man. We'll just say it now. George, we want you. <laughs> yeah, he's no, a brilliant man. So he's fermenting pizza crust. Yeah, he's messing around with fermenting pizza crust. And then, uh, you know, the other thing that would be good for that fermented pizza crust, raw dairy cheese. Um, make sure the tomato sauce doesn't have the lectins. Take the seeds and the peels out. And now we're talking about, and then you put meat on there. Meat's good to go if, as long as it's not, you know, sh- ridden with sugar or nitrates. Um, but then you're, you're talking about something you can access nutrients in that isn't just going to inflame your body. When you say accessing these nutrients, right, that it takes enzymes to to get to there? Yeah. Where are these unaccessed nutrients going? Are they going as fat stores or are they just kind of flushing out? Yeah, there's fat stores and there's flushing out. But the, the, the really bad part of it is the inflammation and the chronic inflammation. It's why they call it chronic disease. That that What they're not telling you is it comes from a a chronic consumption issue. And that could be, that could be food, your air, your water, your relationship, your internal thoughts, your occupation. Cause you might hate it, you know, and you're stressed all the time and you're dumping the wrong hormones. If you're stressed at work and you come home and you're eating stuff that's in, inflaming you as well. I mean, you're, you're, you're really hurting yourself. You're right? really, yeah. We're getting in the realm of uh, epigenetics right now. So what's your stance on alcohol? Uh, it's poison, but again, I got to live your life, man. Uh, and there's there's ways to mitigate that. I, I, I said something earlier, speaking of poisons. Does it blow your mind that the only two things that can kill you if you quit cold turkey are both legal? 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> this goes back to population control by design. What are the two things? I know alcohol can kill you. Benzos. Benzos and alcohol, dude. Mm-hmm. What What is a benzo? I don't know. Like that. a Zan. Like a Zan. Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, there's a bunch of them. Anti-anxiety medications. I mean, it's it's a lot of it's coming out right now that these um, these chemical imbalances in the brain are not real. That's why I brought up that podcasting. Like, oh, you're my you pushback. I was really hoping you would you would dance around that. We, we it's okay. It's <laughs> fine. Um, I it, it just it's really hard to have that conversation with somebody that I understand needs them. Yep. Um, I, I'm I'm fine with talking about it and I'm, I'm fine with exploring things. I just you're a big facts don't lie guy though. I am and but I'm I'm a guy too that um yeah I, I don't I try not to offend people. I do it every day. But regardless, it does work for some. Okay. It, um, it's really hard to to make that argument to somebody that really feels like they need it. Love them. It turns them into I, fucking zombies. Well, I, what I would say there is let's talk about some skills instead of adding more pills. Because a lot of times you get people that have, they're on these medications and they're having a symptom. And the next thing they think, well, I need another pill. Well, let's keep it where you're at. You deal with your doctor, where you're at with your pills. But maybe that's where I come in as a health coach. So I kind of bridge that gap of like, here's some skills you're not being told in your average seven minutes. A doctor has to talk to you and they're supposed to figure out your whole life and how to diagnose you with something. And then you're on your way. It takes a long time to figure out somebody's journey. It's tough. Yep. I will, I will give you that. It. From what, a, from what a doctor has to look at, whether it's blood work or a seven-minute conversation, there's a lot more information that needs to be discussed. Right. And I, then there's I, also I what did they learn? Because a lot of times well, I, what they're finding out now is symptom management is kind of what Western medicine is all about. Are you co- completely anti-doctor? No. Um, not anti-doctor. I don't, by the way, I, doctors are great people. I think this is the system. This is the design of the education. Yeah. Okay. And that goes back to Rockefeller. If you want to get all crazy. My girl, my girlfriend's in the finishing up her PhD program right now. And, uh, how do I say this nicely? Academia is its own just ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stop because I don't want to get yelled at, but it's a, it's a machine. It's a machine. You're a well-spoken dude. And this is why I, I like to hear, hear oh, you thanks. talk more than me. Just because I'm, I'm not an expert at much. I'm definitely not an expert. And I, what, I, what I will say is I'm anti-expert. Okay. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That is dangerous. That I like word. that. Actually. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. We, in the United States, we think there's experts for everything. And we see it on the news. And this is what I'm doing with my life now. And it's like, what? Right. Wow, why don't you experiment with something else? Right. But you're never told what that is. Wow. I really like that. Man, you're this this that that uh that all natural pizza you're talking about with like sounds good. I've I had one, George. Um he's made a bunch. I'm friends with his son Joe. We talk daily about this type of stuff. Um and I was lucky enough to be invited two weeks ago. Uh, I was given a half an hour notice, be here, be square. And uh, I was actually on a date and I was like, ah, I got to go. <laughs> I'll be back. Cool. And she was cool. She was cool. Um, and I went and I had the, I had the pizza and I got to tell you, I had no issues. Delicious. It was a New Haven style. What does that mean? Um, yeah, I don't There's quite no New know, Haven but style. New Haven style is like cooked over coal, like in a coal oven. So it has like this, when you're done eating it, your fingers look like you got coal on them, I've, but I've, it's just from the char. I've had one before. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I love the char. Yeah. Oh, we man. don't have any like really, really good pizza places here that make like good like New Haven style pizza. Yeah, he's working on it. Yeah. Shintro's got some good pizza. 
Chantro pizza is great. Yeah, I've never great. tried it. I love Chantro in general. Yeah. Best salad I've ever had. Yeah, that's a great restaurant. I mean, the restaurants he does are fantastic. But my point is like, oh, is this old boy that owns that we talked about with? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just just imagine like whatever chef that already owns a restaurant group is well established starts incorporating fermented bread only, raw dairy cheese. You you're gonna pay for it, right? But imagine how good people would feel, and just imagine the health and well-being of your community and how that would improve. My girlfriend now gets it. I mean, she gets it. She loves me and she knows my stomach issues, but I can't tell you how many times I've been, when I was dating, like the embarrassment that I had to go through, yeah, man. the lies, the stories, you know, <laughs> Yeah. you know, where, where have you been for 20 minutes? Yeah. Well, I've been screaming <laughs> yeah. not been, out of my mouth. I've been hovering <laughs> above the toilet. You know, I've, been, right. I've been having an argument with a, with a porcelain thing. It's right. just, it just, it, you can tell something's going on. Yeah. And I, I, your body's telling you, don't eat this again. And I'm not the only one, you know, and I, I talk to people all the time that have stomach issues. Um, There's a whole industry based on that. You know, and I used to be so embarrassed about it. I used to be so embarrassed. Same. I remember in college, I would tell people I went and threw up. <laughs> Cause that was, that was, that was, yeah, that was smart. Yeah. That was less embarrassing than telling I, them that, you know, you just went and shit. I was honest to the guys about it, but uh, the girls, that was where it was a problem, right? Well, it's just, it's, it's an uncomfortable first date topic for sure. You know, what's interesting. A lot of them are going through the same thing. They probably are. Yeah. thousand percent. And the older I've gotten, the more honest I've gotten with people, which is a very liberating experience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just really interested in, in some of the things you're talking about. This all stemmed from a yoga session, by the way, which, yeah. is, which is great. Yeah. How long have you been doing yoga? Uh, well, I've been, I got P90X in like 2008. And that's when I first got introduced to yoga. And it was Hell my yeah. favorite one, right? It was an hour and a half, but it was my favorite one. It made me feel so good. Did um, yoga but it also made me half? feel like a weak person. But yeah, well, that was the disc. Gotcha. It was an hour and a half. That was the longest one. Um, and then, um, oh, this is an interesting story. Um, 2019, I had a really bad breakup. Um, and when I found out what had happened, I called uh, one of my best friends, Alex, um, and I was like, hey, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, get in the car, come to Chicago. You know, we'll have a great weekend. Take your mind off of it. So I did. Um, and that was on a Friday morning. I drove to Chicago. Friday night, we went out, had a blast. You know, we went and had like whole, whole fried red snapper. And like we went to all these Asian restaurants and had a, had a great time and ended up dancing at like three in the morning at some live performance bar. Uh, and uh, we had a blast. Anyways, we got to sleep about 3 a.m. You know, I was on her couch. She's she's in her bedroom and she wakes me up at seven in the morning and she says, get up. We're going to yoga. And I was like, fuck, we're going to yoga. I just went to bed. I feel terrible. I'll die. You know, and uh, she's like, OK, find another place to stay tonight. And I'm like okay, I guess I'm going to yoga. And, you know, she, she was partially kidding, but she knows how to push my buttons. So I ended up at yoga uh, at 8 a.m. Oh, this is a tangent, man. This is, uh, so this continues into my last summer. So uh, I ended up at yoga at 8 a.m. Room is packed. I mean, there's probably, probably 60 people in this room, okay? And it's mat to mat. So we're all touching each other, but I had this like liberating experience. I had this emotional release where I cried joyfully 
for like an hour while I was sweating and doing this. You cried. I, I cried. Yeah, I just was like, I was releasing a lot of pent up emotions. I had just been through a lot, you know. Uh, what I know now is I've been suppressing trauma for a long time. Um, so it released a lot of that. I was blown away at how good I felt. And when I went back home Monday morning, I signed up for Power Life. And uh, I was doing that like five, six days a week for almost two years, year and a half. Good for you. Um, now I'm like three to five days a week. Um, but I'm obsessed with it. Hot yoga specifically, like you, in an hour, you can get the benefits of sauna, um, stretching, cardio, strength training, meditation. Um, there's a lot of research out there that meditation is not nearly as good as an hour of hot yoga. Um, You've been seeing all the studies coming out about sauna? Yeah. Yeah. Sauna's great. I mean, sauna. The I get, heart, the- it releases... Uh, it raises your blood pressure, so you create shear force on your endothelial system, which is the innermost single cell wall layer of your, your blood vessels. And it guys our size, it's like four tennis courts if we splay that out. But anyways, when that shear force happens, imagine like trillions of orange and white medicine bottles lining your blood vessel. And then that shear force comes in and it pops the tops off. Well, it releases nitric oxide at that point. And what is nitric oxide? excuse me, if there is a fountain of youth, this is what it is. And it tells everything downstream in the bloodstream, relax, what do you need for nutrients and signals, hey, this needs repair. So then the liver shoots out cholesterol with proteins to go to the site of repair in the body. So it's like a wake up call, like we're in survival mode because we used to run away from things and to catch things. And so that was our body's way of like saying all decks on hand, we need to repair and high function right now. Does that make sense? All decks on hand, all yeah. hands on all deck. All hands on deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm sorry about the tangents. I just, I keep having all these questions for you. Don't be sorry. I'm, this is kind of the way that I communicate in general. So. I, I appreciate yeah. that. What, what do you eat? What is your diet? Um, well, I, I call it sapien. Um, and I got that term from Brian Sanders, who is a, a partner of mine on this project. I'm helping him with the cookbook and the product photography and some product development that he does at nose tail.org and food lies. Um, and the whole idea there is what are people really going to do for their health? Like we need to explain to them why not this and why this, but to get them to cook at home, it's gotta be simple, right? And if they're in a pinch, they have to know where to go and what to buy at the gas station, right? Or even at a fast food restaurant. So I predominantly, I eat about two pounds of beef a day, um, two to eight eggs and soy free eggs. Um, Cause what the heck? They're not fed soy. The chickens aren't fed soy. Chickens don't eat grain, man. Chickens eat worms, mice, bugs. So they free, free range chickens. Yeah. Where do you find soy-free eggs? At natural grocers. And Costco has them. Is that in West Des Moines? Yes, it is. Um, and then I'll do the Grillo's pickle, the, like the actual fermented pickle. And that's more enzymes to help me pull more nutrients uh, out of my food. Uh, avocados, ton of sea salt, ton of raw. I mean, raw honey is like my snack. Like a, really? Yeah. Raw honey and sea salt on top. Oh, God. It's so good. How, how, mu- you, how much at a time? Crunchy flake sea salt. Uh, like a tablespoon to like, three, like Malden finishing salt. Yeah. Oh man. Exactly. I brought some in my pocket. I, have, I carry Meldon everywhere I go. Is it Meldon or Meldon? Meldon. 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 Yeah. How, how do you feel about uh, using avocado oil? 
Uh, it's it's great, but it's not as good as animal fats. Your your best yeah. fats are going to be lard, which is rendered pig fat, tallow, which is rendered beef fat, butter, and then ghee, which is clarified butter. Um, and Does, then sorry. Well, and then and then you go to fruit oils, and fruit oils are to make it simple, they're about half as good as the animal fats, right? Because we didn't involve with the fruit with the fruit oils or the fruit fats, but um, the important thing with fruit oils, which are olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, is to get them unrefined. And then to understand that coconut oil and avocado oil can be high heat. The animal fats are super high heat, 550 degrees. And avocado oil is gonna be the most versatile because it's, it's liquid at room temperature. Um, so it's always ready to go. And then olive oil, uh, or avocado oil, and then olive oil is, um, this is interesting. So like 99% of all olive oil, olive oil in the United States is rancid. That's why it's in those bottles. So make it look green, but it's brown. Yeah. If you Google right now, anyone listening, Google right now, like what does, what does extra virgin olive oil look like fresh squeezed? It's like neon. It looks like ecto cooler. Really? It's, it's super green. Why? Because it has all, it's like fruit juice. Like within 10 to 15 minutes, all the nutrients get oxidized, but they're there right when it comes out. Right. So. And that's okay. Rancid olive oil is still healthy, um, but used mainly in cold application. People cook with it. I would really highly recommend not cooking with it over medium low heat. Once you get over medium low heat and you start to see smoke, you're breaking down that oil and you're starting the process that makes seed oils bad for us. You cook with beef tallow or? Yeah, I cook with beef tallow. I get it from Old Station. Um, I cook with beef tallow. I do a lot of butter. Shout out Old Station. Yeah, yeah. right. We love those guys. Um, yeah, so do I. We're waiting for a sponsorship. It just hasn't come yet. <laughs> well, let them get the business going for a while. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I, um, so I used to be married. and She was a yoga instructor. You guys probably done her yoga shit. Um, <laughs> done her yoga shit. I don't know. Uh, just an interesting way to go it about is. it. But, That's Logan, by the way. <laughs> I, I, was only, I was only allowed to use avocado oil. Um, so back then I hadn't done any of this and I still haven't looked that much into this stuff, but avocado oil and, uh, she would order some sort of, uh, almond flour I okay. think, yeah. for like, uh, we always like baked little chicken strip, like rolled in a little bit of almond flour and then baked it. Right. Uh, just a quick, easy dinner. And then, uh, the she, almond flour would negate the avocado oil. But, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us, can you tell us why? <laughs> well, like I said earlier, <laughs> he's happy because that's his ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because of oxalic acid, because of oxalates. Earlier I was telling you about kale and spinach and almonds. I hope I got that right. I hope it was almond. You, I, you I'm probably, sure it was because yeah. I was there for a period of time. Yeah, I did okay. the vegan thing. I tried everything, man. Okay. Um, so I think you're right there. Um, but it's, it's oxalic acid. It creates kidney stones and it's the number one cause of uh, colon section removal surgery let alone almonds and how almonds are or like, you want to talk about there's droughts in California and they're feeding water to these fucking almond and avocado things. And it's like wild, everyone's it? eating there. Oh, eat local, eat local. And you got almonds and avocados on your plate. Well, there's not enough water in California. It's insane. Dude, you don't eat almonds. Hell I used to eat them all the time, but no, and, I, I have them in my cupboard and I think they're healthy. Yeah, we all do. It's, it's a common thing for me to find. Like I, I'll have difficult situations with my clients that I'm health coaching and like, they're like, we, we get them, they're doing everything right. And they're still having problems. And I'm like, well, what are you eating? Well, I've, I've told you everything. I'm like, I know there's something else you're eating. Is it something you think is healthy? 
and it's always nuts. And do you eat any kind of nuts? Not anymore. Are you seeds? Wild. They're highly protected. Here's little the, packages of life. Now you're taking that away from me. I'm not taking anything away These from d- you. Delicious. They were never for us. Delicious salty snacks. You're taking them away from me. I, I want to <laughs> eat say, the salt. I want to say something. I don't know. I don't Have know jerky any, instead. <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> I don't know anything about this, but uh, my dad, like his best friend, in the last year has been into like emergency surgery twice mm. because a seed got lodged in his colon. Yeah, does he have diverticulitis or something like that? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, probably. Uh, but he's not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Anyone listening, just Google, like, what does a colon look like with Crohn's disease? What does a colon look like with diverticulitis? Like, when we eat these things, and, like, dairy does this too, it keeps inflaming our intestines. So then, like, bad gut bacteria grows, and it starts to eat away the inside of our intestines. And then it starts to ooze, you know, pus and all this stuff into there. And then you get sores. You got leaky gut. Now you've got an autoimmune disease on your way to a chronic disease. You're going to have the part of your colon removed. Maybe you'll survive that. Like it, it's nasty stuff, guys. Nasty stuff. There's a meme on the internet where it's this big bodybuilder dude holding up a giant sign. And it says, make beef jerky affordable again. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> but we, I can get yeah. behind that. I feel like there's a really easy way to do that too. And what I mean by Just that make is, it? well, you got to have, you got to have the cattle and deer. Ruminants, so four-chambered stomach animals, elk, bison. Um, wow, this is you don't a, like deer jerky? I love it. Yeah, no, oh, okay. I'm just I'm saying okay. those yeah. are great options. They're gotcha. the healthiest gotcha. things because they have these four-part uh, stomachs that everyone thinks that like these animals eat grass. What they do is chew cud, and they pass it through four chambers in the stomach until the last chamber they've got enough bacteria, and they eat bacteria. They don't really eat grass. They're growing. They're, they're, it's going through these chambers and it goes up to their mouth. It's called chewing cud. They chew it. They send it down to ferments. They chew it and send it down to ferments. Deer do that too? I knew cows did that. I didn't realize elk Yeah, No, I mean like elk and bison do that. Deer um, don't because deer don't yeah. have. Uh, yeah, deer, I don't think deer do that. But uh, deer, well, I need to dive into that. That's a great question. Okay. Uh, but deer is pretty damn have, healthy meat. They don't have the stomachs. They don't have. Yeah, I don't know about deer on that one, to be honest. But I know that meat is is really nice it's, it's a little corn fed in iowa but it is corn fed in iowa. yeah um I, go ahead i have a question we can cut this if we need to just in case how do you what do you uh, what what how do you feel about mushrooms which kind of mushrooms all yeah i think they could solve a lot of issues for humanity okay cool <laughs> yeah talking yeah. about a portobello over there because i'd love some on top of my uh, well you ever heard of paul stamets I don't know if I if have. If not, dive into Paul Stamets. Watch the documentary Fantastic Fungi. I have. Okay, that's him. Okay. He's the guy talking about climbing the tree. Yeah. And then not stuttering the next day and talking to the beautiful girl. Yeah. Yeah. Big mushroom guy. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know why that popped in my head, but I am I am too. Um yeah. yeah. Well, you're giving me some good dead space in between here. So I can uh, <laughs> I can totally cut it out if you want me to. I, 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 it doesn't matter it to just me. Popped in my head. Edible mushrooms are fantastic. There's 20,000 varieties. Is there really? So yeah. fucking bad. Yeah. There's a lot that can kill you too. Yeah, but they're also likely the oldest organism on the planet. Yeah. Paul Stamens thinks that we're 50% fungi. I was just going to say, there's Our some nervous relation. system. That's creepy. It looks just like mycelium. And what, what does mycelium grow? Mushrooms. Interesting. It's like a living organism. 
where are we at with your journey and your story? What, what um, can you tell me your job title again? Cause it was, yes. well, my actual job title is center of the plate specialist. Um, that's an outdated title from the seventies and it's all geared towards, you know, meat and seafood are the most expensive items restaurants buy. So they're also the most expensive items that food distribution companies deal with on a regular basis besides equipment. And so, um, what I do, um, is I have an obsession with meat and seafood. Um, I've been to aquaculture sites on the Bay of Fundy where they, you know, raise salmon and where the most gold lobsters in the world are harvested. And I went through like the salmon and lobster Academy up there with Dr. Uh, Bob Bayer. Uh, I've been to a bunch of harvesting facilities around the United States, uh, for cattle and, and, uh, other animals, um, and ranches and, I go and I see where the food's coming from. I get taught about the genetics, the feed, the processing. I bring that education back to my sales force, my company, and my chefs in my area. And I help people learn how to sell and also buy and use meat properly to support their business. Wow. Yeah. It's fun. So your whole job is really surrounded mostly on meat. It's all meat, 100%. All meat. Yeah. I don't need to worry about anything else. It's great. I just went to my first uh, farm-to-table restaurant. Is it here in Des Moines? Mm-hmm. Hoke? Hoke? Yeah. Hoke? Yeah. Hoke? They've been around a while. I had no clue. Pretty nice stuff, huh? I was the only person in the entire restaurant. <laughs> on a, I think it was a Friday night. That's not a good sign. Yeah. No, it's not a good sign, but... Hopefully they make the it. The government's been giving these people money for... We'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, are they subsidized? Oh, just COVID. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I thought you, you know. meant because it was like a farm to table or something that they had. No, that dude's working his ass off. Yeah. So what's interesting about you is you've been around restaurants and you've, I mean, what I kind of respect about you is you, you've, you've been the line cook. Like, yeah. like you come from a place that is logical and has experience. And so it's interesting that a guy like you is, is, is researching and in the place you are now. It's, it just, it, it, to me, it, 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 it validates you in a, in a certain extent. I appreciate that. You don't, you don't look like the guy that would be saying these kind of things. Right. And, well, and tell I, me why. I mean that in a complimentary I sense. I know. I, you're not going to offend me. Like you're like a, a not a straight hippie or something. Is yeah, that what you think? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, kinda, I, did, I might be. I did meet you at yoga. <laughs> yeah. I did right. meet you at yoga, but no, like what you're saying to me, at least sounds researched. Yeah. Your job revolves around it. But so that's, that's one aspect of your job. Yeah. That's one aspect of your job is the, is the, the meat side of things. You do some, you say, is it a lifestyle coach? Uh, I'm a master certified health and wellness coach. Wow. Um, so that is like the parallel story I was talking about earlier. So. And to finish my statement, it just, you, you seem, you seem direct and you seem open. And I feel like a lot of people that maybe are, are in some of your industries I don't know. You just don't fit the stereotype maybe in my mind. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. I appreciate that. It is a compliment. It, yeah. it, it sounds like a, I'm not a as upset one. as most of them is what I kind of pull out of that. Right. You're not offended. You seem, you seem approachable. <laughs> Are you thinking you that's see, my diet, man? Yeah. I think a lot of the stigmatism comes from a lot of these people. I'm not trying to offend you because I think we're on Piss a, lot them off. Good, a lot of the same Make them angry. wavelength here. A lot of people with what we're saying here, I think a stigmatism that comes with it is that woo woo. Is that what they right. always yeah, say yeah. that mm-hmm. shit? But uh, that's what I say when I have too many drinks. Woo woo. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I think it's all good stuff, man. I, I'm, yeah. I appreciate it. You, you yeah. got you got me hooked. I don't know. I, my yoga journey is probably a little bit different than yours, and I, I'll probably offend you. You here touched too. on it briefly. Yeah. During yoga, they make you like you know, right before the session, they're like, "Reach out to the person to your left. Say something nice about yourself. Something that's inspired you today." <laughs> and I'm like. I want to say like, I'm fucking stressed and yeah. <laughs> this is all I got, you know, but no, I like, I, I happened to be sitting next to you and I don't know how we got into stomach issues, but you looked at me and you're like, it's seed oils. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> you had mentioned that you like to do bodybuilding. Yep. Um, and that yoga within like weeks had increased your flexibility. Crazy increase in flexibility. And then within like a month and a half to two months, I was traveling a lot. So it's not a fair, uh, it's not a fair assessment, but within that time frame of a month and a half to two months, I lost about 14 pounds. Mm-hmm. I was getting flexible. I'm feeling good. I have mental clarity. Life started really to, to improve. And I was sitting next to you, like really excited. I can't remember how we got in seed oils. We were chatting for a minute. I don't know how. Yeah. There's not a lot of time either. You, you were, I think you were, you must've brought up pain or something. No, like that. uh, I think I brought up your your barbecue sauce. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Korean barbecue sauce. And you're like, you're like, yeah, uh, it's really expensive to produce. I, I, maybe that was it. I don't know. But yeah, well, you you were saying like, is there any way I can get that? And like, uh, we almost produced it. I was trying to pimp him for the recipe, but he won't give it up. I love it. Yeah, I don't see. It's like uh, against who I am now to share this type of information. Like here, I, I want you to live a healthy life, but here have this like chronic disease bomb. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and toasted sesame oil is really what made that sauce and it's what makes it expensive. Um, and it's what makes it dangerous. Well, the sugar it's in it seed. too. It's a, yeah, it's a seed oil. Yeah. On my steaks, the way I prepare them is I like to rub them down first with either black or white truffle oil. Mm. What before I season them to kind of get that, Season to really is it stick. olive oil? I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm really concerned. Yeah. Are, I bet it is olive oil. Are you? And you're I don't not, think anyone would waste the truffle on a lesser oil. On a lesser oil, yeah. It's, I've only ever seen truffle oil be olive oil, and that's so, okay. I'm sure the other stuff exists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress about that. Okay. I I've have cooked a lot of dishes with that toasted sesame oil, and I it always hurts me. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe there's something else in the dish. I, I usually cook there's probably sugar with it. Well, I cook a lot of spicy dishes. That's going to be the seeds and the and the skins. Those are lectins. How like do you make t- something spicy without seeds? Oh, I mean the 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 membranes and the pulp of a mature chili should be pretty. Oh, hot. I guess so. Like, look yeah, for a red. That's... Look for red jalapenos, or or even if they're green, you want to see like those brown wrinkles on it. That means that thing is fucking hot. Unless it's a fooled you pepper, which is rare, but it happens. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't think you, you called it a fucking fooled you pepper. Yeah. Or you think it's going to be hot and it's like oh. a green pepper. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Got a bell pepper. <laughs> so what's your daily life like? I'm not, so you're, you're balancing two different things. It sounds like. Yeah. I, uh, and not even that I have other little side projects. Like, uh, I work for a company called over, over um, overall reviews, uh, out of San Francisco. So like I'm an online concierge for some of America's top restaurants and I just handle their online presence. Wow. I'm trying to build a laptop lifestyle. I want to, 
I want to be able to spend three months in Playa del Carmen and not have to go to an office, but which is hired, the complete but get paid. That's what I'm working for, <laughs> yeah. baby. But it's the complete opposite thing of 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 your previous career. Yeah, I mean, when I first met you, you were running a restaurant, one of my favorite ones. Yeah, um, and that broke me and sent me on this path of really, yeah. And the food, man. I mean, I got to tell you, when you eat a species appropriate diet, your whole physiology changes. And you're not dealing with chronic inflammation anymore and chronic pain and you're sleeping well and uh, things just start to hump. This is like where earlier I said, I'm not, I'm not against doctors per se, but I think 60% of them have a job because there's shit food in our society. Do you think, uh, do you think why the life expect expectancy like Asian cultures strictly are their diets? Well, fresh food. Very fresh recently, food. there was a study on uh, f- people in Hong Kong, and the women in Hong Kong are living the longest. And what do they eat? They eat a shit ton of animal fat, a ton of animal protein, and then fermented vegetables. Yeah. And a little bit of rice. Everyone thinks, oh, they eat rice. They don't eat a shit ton of rice. No. They might have it every day, but they're they don't and they don't overconsume on these items. So. Life expectancy. Yeah, I think it's directly related to diet. And also, like, everyone's right now is like, well, you have to be wrong because we're living longer than we ever have. And, well, newsflash. The only reason that that is showing up like that is because they figured out how to have more humans survive birth. In the mammalian world, human birth is the hardest to survive. Okay? The heads are too large for the birth canal in in a lot of cases. You know, that's why the, the vagina splits. And so it's really traumatic, right? So... When they figured out C-sections and then like, you know, is it postnatal care? That is what changed the life expectancy. In fact, people are living shorter lives today. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, we passed the threshold of children being born outliving their parents. Say that, say that again. How does- oh. Two years ago. This is all related to our food system. Really? We, we pass a threshold where children being born after the, those two years, if they're raised the way that our society is currently operating, are not going to live as long as their parents. Shit. That's wild. We're, we're sh- life in the United States is getting shorter. What is it, like 74 or something now? I think, well, some people say like 82. Do they some say people that? say 74, 72. Oh, so you're, yeah. say, you're saying like somebody dies at 70 and their, their parents are still alive at 90? Saying that, so I'm saying, saying that, that children that are two and a half years old now, majority of them are not going to outlive their parents. They're not going to live longer than their parents. So, like, their parents might die at 64, or they might die at 55 on gotcha. average. You know what I mean? I got you. I don't know the exact. There's someone out to, out there that yeah, knows just, a lot more about that. But yeah, I'm just trying to relate to that. It's a it's a common theme popping up in in what I would call my health heroes and the research that they're putting out. I gotta say, buddy, when I saw you at yoga, I didn't recognize you. How, okay. how much weight have you lost? Uh, I lost in 2019. Well, I got that job revolving around animal protein where I wasn't eating my own food anymore and thinking pizza was the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> um, I got that in the middle of 2018. And within six months, I lost 70 pounds. Fuck so me. I went from 250 to 180. Um, and since then, I've put on about 25 pounds of muscle. So I'm about 205 right now. That's a healthy place to be. You right. look great. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate that. 
Yeah. I didn't think you were overweight by any means. I'm tall. When I there you I'm go. Tall. I got a, I got long legs and a and a extra long torso. That helps. I'm built like a swimmer. Imagine being built like an Oompa Loompa. You can't have anywhere to hide it. Ah, <laughs> right. You're not built like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, I didn't. <laughs> but these are these thoughts. Like those, hey, those are those thoughts. Thoughts like that, man. Oh, you don't like that? Well. I love self-deprecating Genetic humor. expression. So we can, we can express positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. And when we have negative internal chatter, we dump cortisol, which is a negative genetic response. If you, even if you don't believe it, if you're like, I look like Tom Cruise. Okay, that dumps dopamine. You're and taller positive, than him, probably. You are taller than him. Yeah. Hell yeah. You could beat him up. Hell yeah, you're taller than <laughs> him. Logan, do you think I need any help um, with, with my ego? Or do you think I should suppress it or enhance it? Uh, yeah, you should lift your ego a little more, bub. Yeah, yeah back to the mushrooms. My, my confidence levels don't hey, need any help. Uh, do you know some people aren't reactive to mushrooms? I did not know that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Damn portobello's. Oh, yeah, some people don't like them to eat them. They don't work on me. <laughs> and I've tried. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a very small popula- part, portion of the population. I wonder what I'm at to dive into that now. You should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That a mushroom wouldn't be psych- psychedelically, uh, wouldn't have, I don't even know what I'm talking about here. It wouldn't. Psychoactive. It wouldn't be psychoactive on one person and it would be the next. Correct. It's crazy. Yeah. I think you, if you That's take, I want to know more about that. Yeah. I think like hero, hero doses. Cause I, I love a good hero dose, but like, I think like 14 grams, like hero, hero, hero. That's, would wild, get, that's some wild shit. Would get the person there. But like, we, we don't have to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. We can talk about it after. Well, what's interesting is this is all coming out of research, right? And there's finding that there's no negative effects. There are zero. It, it, it regrows brain tissue around dead parts of the brain from strokes and gives functionality back to people. Yep. Do you think drugs like that should be fully legal? Yeah. I think that's why there's schedule one, which means no medical use at all. I mean, that's a right. ploy. That's, that's big pharma, baby. Yeah. It's big pharma, man, Trust because them. they're, they're, they're what you would call a panacea, meaning they have a lot of uses in the medical field. Dude, even, but it would even destroy if, Pfizer. Even if you don't yeah. want, even if you don't want to go that route, even if you want to take a eighth of a eighth of a gram every day, microdosing everything, the research that's coming out for anxiety, depression, everything like that for long-term microdosing is, I mean, the, ADHD. Oh, dude, it, it's it's crazy. My my crazy. whole my whole stance on OCD. it is, I wish mm-hmm. I wish they would legalize them so that they could be made into a measurable amount, correct, a, a, a dosed amount. Right. Because as they are now, you don't know the potency mm-hmm. and you are using bro science to calculate your dosage. Mm-hmm. And same with marijuana. And, which I think is is dangerous. Yeah, it can be. Well, it can give you ideas. It's not dangerous, dangerous to your health necessarily, but it might give you ideas that aren't going to be great for your life because you're too high. Right. I also think that there's there's got to be something to be said about limiting them with kids, right? There's got to be a certain age that we all decide that these are these are a healthy a healthy term of, I don't know if you, you consider them medication. Right. Yeah. I think they are. Yeah. At what point is it? What, at what point do you think it should be legal for people to take them? Well, that's interesting. Cause it's like a stigma in society that we think they're bad at all. Right. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not the guy as, for that. It's a complex as, issue for sure. Yeah. As much as I am against it, if we were, were to 
regulate it and treat it as if it were something that was regulated as like a USDA. Uh, yeah. Like a cigarette? No, like a... Like a drug? So remember we were talking to Charlie and he was talking about how he was registered as USDA, um, like his produce, everything yeah. like that. They'd come in every once inspect in a while, inspect, it. do everything like that, hold them to a certain standard. Yep. Um, if we went a route like that. And I, I truly believe I started... Um, probably experimenting with these things at a way too young yeah, of an age. Not, that's that's my fear with, with yes. kids. Yeah, there probably should be. Um, at what point is the brain fully developed? That might be a good starting point, if right? You, if you did it at 21, which I think 21 is probably stu- still a little young for the alcohol, all that stuff, because everything is saying, you know, your brain isn't fully developed till your mid-20s now. Um, but I understand. Um I think if we were to treat it as if it were a bottle, bottled in bond bottle of whiskey where the government regulates it, okay. there's an age limit on it, something along those lines. Makes sense. Yeah. There's, there, there, there are no harms to it other than if you are too high, you walk into traffic. Right. You're but, not paying attention. So that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Something like that. But I mean, there's, I mean, it wouldn't be common, but it could happen. Yeah. Gotcha. What, what's how many people die every year? Drunk driving. Yes. Alcohol poisoning. Uh, just trying to get off booze. I mean, the, yeah, the number is astronomical. Chronic I, disease from food oh, consumption. If yeah. I'm going to do something stupid or say something stupid, I guarantee alcohol was at the root of the yeah. thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. That's typically been a reoccurring theme. Yeah. I don't know. I say stupid shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a giant idiot myself. So yeah, I good. think we are. We're, 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 we're all fuck ups, right? But we're a little bit older and hopefully we've learned from those fuck ups, right? Yeah, it makes life, in- yeah. it makes life interesting for sure. So what are some other things that I need to be doing? I mean, I don't want to take free advice from you because I, I think you might have found a client here, but uh, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> I, I, well, just, I need a little more personal history. That would be like a initial consultation. That yeah. And have. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just, it's, it's interesting to me that the, the way you've talked about our, our food system and how it's set up and how backwards it is mm-hmm. right now, I'm meeting a lot of for profit, right? thousand percent. But so you're a big, you're a big supporter of, of eating meat. Eggs. Yes, but also it's important how that meat is raised because grass fed, grass finished, because that's the species appropriate diet for cattle, right? So you want the animals you're eating. to. If we want to eat species appropriately to improve yeah. our health, to avoid chronic and autoimmune disease or reverse it, right? Well, the only way it's going to be possible is if what we eat is eating its species appropriate diet as well, because so it have- has to be healthy. So I get, I have a cow in my freezer right now that is 100% grass fed. Yeah. No grain. I don't like a grain finished cow. I I think the meat just isn't as good. Yeah, I there there's a lot of nuance to that. There's a lot of nuance to that. I think you're right. People um, would argue people will argue with me all day long. But you can pasture a cow on grass longer. And it marbles out pretty well. It can produce prime. It's not going to produce 9% prime like our current um, feeding system does. They shouldn't. But, but you can get that product. The problem is, is now you're, 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 pasturing, you're, that you're pasturing that animal for longer. So it's going to be more expensive. Yep. 100%. But the benefit of that, there's a great book called Sacred Cow. Um, the benefit of that is like, if you have ruminants on land, 
doing what they're supposed to do, which is chew cud, consume bacteria, shit, piss, vomit, and die. You grow, you grow topsoil. Topsoil is paramount for everything on this planet to function. Okay. Rivers working right. The microbiome of the earth working right. Being able to grow anything that's vegetation. And currently what's going on, instead of doing that, we're monocropping. We're washing all, we're depleting the soil. We're washing it into our waterways with all these pesticides. When you are growing a monocrop, these, you know, I argue that eating cattle is the most vegan thing that you can do because it is something that is doing what it's supposed to do. It treats the land, it heals the land. It lives a quality life and then it heals the human. And it's also one life that will feed four people for months. Okay. Did, did you listen to White Oaks Pasture when he? Absolutely. Came? I just went to Polyface Farm last summer. Really? I did a 3,000 mile road trip uh, out to my cousin's wedding at the Barnes Institute in Philadelphia, which is the world's largest private uh, art collection. I was hanging out with Picassos and it, it was wild. Really? Do you so, know what year Picasso died? I asked this last time. I don't time. know. No. <laughs> Logan's all over this. I know. This might blow your mind. What? 1973. What? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's not. It's not the actual Picasso. It's just some guy named Picasso. No, 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 no. I swear to God, he's serious. Picasso, he's serious. Picasso died in 1973. Mm, wild. I, had, that I would have thought 1800s. Right. That's what I would yep. have thought. Yeah. Yep. Died at 91 years old. I think mm, was, probably broke. Yeah, I don't think he, probably eating think, a lot of a lot of, uh, <laughs> a, lot of a lot of grain free meat. Yeah. <laughs> right. But where were we? Just to say. Oh yeah. So sorry. Monocrop. Agriculture, man. I mean, that's the destroyer. You want to talk about human impact on climate change? Depleting soil, ruining uh, uh, waterways, killing everything on that plot of land because yeah. of pesticides. The, the bugs in the soil, the rodents, the worms, the birds, you know, the, the wild cats, yeah, everything, they, the deer, it kills it all. You want to talk about the most destructive diet in the planet? It's veganism. Really? Yes. Dude. It also destroys the consumer. You know how much you have to supplement to be a healthy, to be a healthy, what a does, truly healthy, thriving you, vegan? You have been a vegan. Yeah, I tried it. Uh, well, so what I did was um, I used to be a, pa- a practicing Catholic, you know, um, and that's another thing to go on, um, go off on. I was raised Catholic and so during Lent, I would go vegan. And what that meant to me was, you know, uh, red sauce, pizza, um, potatoes, a shit ton of pasteurized cottage cheese and chia seeds and juicing and all this stuff. And the second year I did it, I ended up in the hospital and I had this pain that I couldn't stop in my groin. Um, and I had been what I, you would call kind of like semi-vegetarian before that because I had the advice from the doctors. From my mom, she died. I took the advice. And I ended up at the doctor, and he told me, he's like, so what are you eating? This was a good doctor. He's like, what are you eating? And I told him that I had not been eating meat by choice for a while, and I don't really eat a lot of it because it, it impacts your colon and all this bullshit that I've been fed and believed. And uh, he said, you're not eating meat. You're not eating animal protein. And I was like, no, I'm not. He goes, go have a steak. You'll be fine. And I started eating meat again. And I felt fine. But then a year later, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there, actually. It's interesting that doctor said that. Yeah, it is. It really is. There's great doctors out there that actually do research beyond their pharmaceutical rep. 
Because like typically what's happening right now is the pharmaceutical companies do research, their own research. They cherry pick it. They educate their salespeople. And then these salespeople go into the medical offices and that's where doctors get their ideas for. How funny is it that you asked me before we came down here to the studio that yeah. are, are you a pharmaceutical rep, right? And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. I just, yeah. I sell metal implants. Yeah. Awesome. So. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that work for a lot of people. My yeah. dad and my dad, we, we call my dad Darth Vader now. <laughs> like the bionic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Darth Vader. laughs> He got hips and knees, and he's got knees. He did double knees at all. He did his knees both at once. Terrible, yeah. terrible decision. It's the worst and best decision he ever made. Gotcha. And it was only best after the healing was over. Yeah, because uh, he didn't have to do it again. And then he just had a full shoulder replacement about wow. three months ago. Wow. Yeah. I don't do a lot of the large joints, but they've got really good data and they've got really high success rates. Oh yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, that stuff's wonderful. Surgery triage, that is medical miracles. That is some really, really useful stuff. Uh, you can tell me to, to leave you alone if you want, but can you touch, you just brushed over that saying that you had cancer. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, how long of a, how long of a process was that for that you? That was an interesting process. Uh, and I, I enjoyed talking about it because there's a lot of men out there that don't, you know, I don't go to the doctor. I'm tough and blah, blah, blah. You're not tough. You're human. And you need to go to the doctor and get these cancer screenings. You need to pay attention to your diet too. But anyways, I, uh, started having abdomen pain, like kind of high up on my, <laughs> we want a little whiskey. Yeah, sure. I'll have one okay, of those. That's a good one. Have you ever had Mitchers? Uh, or is, am I saying that right? Mitchers. Mitchers toasted. Mm -mm. Toasted. Wow. Give him a little pour of that Logan. So keep going uh, at your store. We got a, sorry. we got a Logan bartender. So here. I started to have this, I had had, had double surgery, uh, double hernia surgery in the nineties. Uh, I developed what's called a varicose or a, a uh, hydro seal. And so what that means is I had a fluid sack around my left testicle that just walking around or pulling my pants up the wrong way, I'd feel like I got kicked in the nuts for 11 does that, years. Does that enlarge them? Yes. Yeah. And so Logan's that was, Logan's looking at me. There's been a couple of podcasts where we've talked about my extremely large testicles. <laughs> he was, well, you could, you could have healthy hormones, but um, so I doubt, I doubt that's, similar but Thank um you. so and mine were large on their own before that so <laughs> my man that's that's to be noted my um, man but there was one that was always larger and i would joke with my doctor you know you'd leave the doctor's office and he was a he was my buddy's dad and i i would say um or he would say is there anything else i can do for you and i'd be like yeah can we remove this testicle i wanted the fucker out okay it was so painful really and, and he thought it was funny and it's kind of a weird thing to say, but, you know, I didn't realize how paramount this really was. So anyways, I started to have this abdomen pain. So I started to think my hernia, I got another hernia, I'm getting checked for that. I end up for like a year and a half going in and out of doctors, specialists and things like that. Well, you, it's this issue. It's that issue, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're fine. Oh, it's a, it's an STD. No one ever heard about. We're going to put you through a, a study. Okay. And the last time I was at the urology office, um, I just said, I'd done some of my own research and I was like, you know, doc, what if this was cancer? What would you do if this was cancer to find out? And he said, well, I do an ultrasound. I said, let's do that. And he said, okay. He got his little schedule book out and I was pretty angry at this point. And I stood up and I grabbed the book out of his hands and I threw it to the side. And I said, right fucking now, I'm not giving you any more money. And 10 minutes later, I was in an ultrasound. Wow. And an hour and 10 minutes later, I was in emergency surgery. Wow. Jesus Christ. 
You got to stand up for yourself. Yes, you do. You, there's a reason they call it practicing medicine. You should take part. Wow. Yeah. So that's where these things really, I, that's where I, I if, not if touching were, all of them, but I, sorry. go ahead. If I was what? If, if you wouldn't have done that. I'd probably be dead. I was, I was, I, I didn't want to say, but yeah, but it's also one of the, it's one of the most curable can. I had one of the most curable cancers on the planet. If caught at a recent. Yeah. It had been there for two and a half years. Jesus. That long? Yes. Wow. Yep. And no one could tell you why it hurt. Right. They couldn't figure, oh, it's just your varicose, your, your hydrocele. Okay. Well, I want it out. Okay. You, 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 you're doing this transgender stuff for people. I want my testicle gone because it sucks. Did you get an implant? I did not. Um, and thank God, because that's an issue. Really? Yeah. And I don't also, know anything about this. And also I can cross my legs different. You know, I fit into these airplane seats a lot more comfortable. I'm a, I'm a tiny nut guy, so I, I can cross my, <laughs> I can't cross my legs. I, I can. Yeah, yeah, I can. My size down there affects my yoga. I want to. Oh, I believe I, that. I want you to know that. Yeah, that's great. So yeah. are you a better yogi now with, with the one, with the one? Oh, probably. Damn yeah, you. Yeah, probably. But this story continues because like, then I was abandoned by the medical industry again because now I'm not producing testosterone levels that I was before, right? 100%. And so I'm going through all of these issues that they're telling me, oh, you know, you need medication. Uh, you need this, you need that. And then one guy was like, you might, one of the doctors literally told me, he's like, you might be crazy. And I'm like, what? what? Like, because you're worried about I your own feel health. like shit and you're not helping me and I'm trying to figure it out, right? So like, this is where I lose faith, right? And I do more of my own research. Um, I'm on a call with a local business owner, um, uh, Bob at Prep Kings. I don't know if you ever heard of Prep Kings. Yeah, I have. Bob Fox, great guy. Um, is, that, and, is that like a meal service? Yes. Yeah. And he's got a brick and mortar now. Um, but he- Is it in- is it, It's right by um, where Proof used to be, Caddy Corner, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Flying Burrito was there, I think. Yeah. I've not been in. I should be in. Sorry, Bob, if you hear this, not I'll be in. in. Not Ingersoll. Um, Locust? Locust. Yeah, Locust. By Locus. the Sculpture Garden, kind of. On yeah. the loop. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, so Bob's talking, and he's like, oh, I lost this all this weight. I feel better, blah, blah, blah. All I did was testosterone replacement therapy. Right. I'm sorry, Bob, if that just blew you out of the water, but I don't think you'd care. So, because you helped me greatly. So, great. I, it just was like, boom, I need to check my testosterone. So I go to my doctor and I ask him about checking my testosterone. Literally fights it for months. Like, oh, you don't, oh, we don't do that test. You don't want it. It's, it's, it's something else. It's well, part of a normal blood panel, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. If you do a full blood panel, they I don't, don't check testosterone no, as well? No, no, no. They don't check hormones. Yeah, and This is where there's a business going you, on. You got to beg for it. You got to beg. And so um, eventually he did. He, he, he gave me the test. My testosterone came back at a level of like an 88-year-old male. Do you know? Do you remember what it was? Uh, it was 218. Yeah, it's very low. It was very low. Very low. Yep. So like an optimal male is going to be 800 to 1,200. Um, between right. 1,200 is cooking with peanut oil, but I mean, you're. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what I, this is, we'll, you, get, we'll get to it. So if you're 1,200, you might be humping the couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Continue. I'm good, so sorry. Good thing this isn't. Video. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, anyways, I, uh, um, I go get it checked. He's telling me it's fine. You know, this is fine. This is within range. And this is an insurance company range. 
You know, we're not going to do anything for you. Fuck you. So I hear from Bob, I'm like, Bob, what, you know, where'd you go to get this? And he's like, oh, this place, I won't name it because um, I don't believe in the injections anymore. But um, it's, one, it's just one of the clinics that are strictly. Yeah. yeah. And so I got the injections and instant. I mean, the next day I was like, holy shit, I feel wonderful. I'm calm. Um, and this is we'll go ask me about toxic masculinity in a minute. So <laughs> so like I'm calm. I have more testosterone than I ever have in my life and I'm calm. And my life really, it's the diet, the testosterone, there's a few other things uh, we'll talk about off air, but um, I feel great. And so I continue to do it. My life's greatly improving. Um, I actually get benefit from my workouts. I sleep well. I'm not yelling at everybody. And um, I I move on to, they start gouging me financially and so i look for other options and i find this place called new leaf wellness i will talk about new leaf and they do implants so every three months i get an implant pellets pellets what right right in the butt in the butt in the in the 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 tissue of your butt cheek yep um yep yep i don't know anything about this yeah so and they're made from a cactus yep yep so Slow dissolving, so it it uh, it's slow release. Testosterone, correct. Oh shit, correct. So I started doing that, and shit improves greatly there. Um, again, and I'm I'm doing this for five years at this point. I was at a let's go on the toxic masculinity thing. I'm at a Rage Against the Machine concert. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> last summer, and uh, it was the only one before they had to cancel the tour because he broke his leg in the next one. Oh man! So uh, it was incredible. Thank God you went. Yeah, I've been I've been trying. To, it was the third time I tried to see him. The other two times they canceled because they broke up. So, um, so they would break up, get back together, break. It was wild. So, got to see him, but I'm going through this crowd and I'm looking at all these drunk assholes and just the way that they're acting and like what is called toxic masculinity. But I'm thinking. This is because of low testosterone, because I now know that 60% testosterone has been down 67% since 1980 in males and females. I knew that. It's still the predominant hormone, sex hormone in in females females as well. So everybody says I'm crazy when I say that. So thank you for- Well, you're not everybody. Oh, you're not everybody, Logan. I'm saying a lot of people do. Okay. Sorry. Um, So I'm looking around and I just, I had this like kind of epiphany, like, oh my God, like we're- demasculating demasculating the the whole country and it's coming from these sugar and the seed oils and the grains and the reason i say that is like when you have a hunter go into an area and eradicate all the wolves what moves into that area the prey of the wolf right well the prey of the wolf probably evolutionarily wasn't eating the foods in that area Okay, and so the food, the food that grew there is different from where they are because they eat all the food that they want, right? And these things don't survive because that's what thrives. So it gets choked out by the food that they want. So when they go into the area, they start to eat these foods that aren't part of their diet, and these plant defense chemicals start to rob them of their hormone production because what the plants are doing, think of this, a wolf can, can bite, it can sense ahead of time and run away, okay? And a deer can run away and sense you run away. It can also fight you with its antlers. What does a what does a plant do? It sits right there. It survives. It takes over everything if if you're not maintaining it. 
And the reason being is plant defense chemicals, because when these deer go into the area and eat these plants they're not supposed to be eating, it strips them of their ability to reproduce. And it stops that population from reproducing and they get pushed into another area or they go extinct in the area. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, they got migrated. And this is what happened. This is what's happening to our whole population. We're, we're now being told that these foods that do this to everything in nature are the healthiest thing possible for us to consume and they're good for the planet. And- I can definitely tell you this men are becoming a lot less manly. That's a, if you look around, our taints are shrinking. But I, that doesn't really. There's, there's a different reason why. Okay. On that, I think. Yeah, go ahead. There's a few well, reasons why, but yeah. So this is why I asked you before the podcast when we kind of did a little backstory and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Rogan had a guy on his podcast, and I did some digging on this guy and did a little more research and everything. And um, micro microplastic, microplastics. Oh, I, mean, I know. Sorry, I, I listened to that one too. Yeah, it's actually where I think I heard that taint thing. Yep, yep. was that guy? Yep, he starts. He, Michael Schellinger, who was it? I can't remember his name, but they start. Uh, Who's measuring taints? Okay, so this is doctors, the medical, <laughs> the medical in- I hate, industry. I hate because they're trying to figure out how to make a pill for it. I hate to get out of there. I hate to bring this up because get out of my taint. There's <laughs> there's so much attached to the name I'm about to say, and it was the way he said it was purely entertainment based. But when you look at what I'm about to say, just say it, dude. Alex Jones, when he's like, they're turning the frogs gay. They're turning the, yeah, 100%. So what what he was actually- He was right in that statement. So what he was actually saying was the microplastics that are entering the streams, everything, right? It's in our water. Yep, 1,000%. Credit card a week per human. Yep. They they started measuring these frogs as taints, and they're shrinking dramatically. Mm -hmm. And these frogs- are now not able to tell the difference between male and female. Which means they're not producing properly. Correct. So, I mean, it was very dramatic and showman like he is. They're turning the frogs gay. Mm-hmm. That's a good impression. It's actually a really I good think impression. I'm nailing it. I think I'm nailing it. What, what he was trying to say is the frogs can't tell the difference between because their taints are shrinking. Males have much, much larger taints right. than the females. Now they're close to the same size and the frogs can't tell the difference. Right. Which means the sex origin organs are changing. Correct. Now I do want to say, I do want to ask you about something. So I have nine recorded concussions. Oh, wow. I have yet to do it. I'm terrified to do it. Go get my blood panel. Um, and more importantly, testosterone. I just haven't fucking done it. But one of, one of the major co- effects of males with concussions, brain trauma, anything is low testosterone early on. Yeah, because it affects the pituitary gland. Correct. You think yeah. I should do that? Do what? Go get my testosterone. I think check. any male over 30 should. Really? Every male? Yeah. Why are you against the injections? Oh, uh, it's a different type of testosterone. It's, uh, you have to take like other drugs with it to make sure you don't have strokes and shit. Anastrozole? And then, yeah, exactly. And then like, if you've had cancer like me, they won't give you that drug. That makes sense. So, um, I think the pellets are much safer. I, and also who wants to be sticking a needle in their leg every week? Yeah. It's annoying. It's annoying, dude. It's weird. I'm on this weird journey. But, uh, when I got, when I got my blood work back, I was like 29 and holy shit. And, but there's a, 
So yeah, I, I messed around with bodybuilding for a while when I was Got younger. It. Yeah. Did some substances that weren't legal. Probably Got shouldn't it. have done them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm doing low weight, high rep, doing yoga, doing a lot differently now. Right. right. But at, you know, at one point, weightlifting was a really big part of my life. I at 29 was in there and at the doctor's office begging them to give me a full panel. Right. I wanted to see my blood. So you've been through it. I wanted to see it. I love my doctor. I, 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 we joke. I did too. I do too. Yeah. We joke around, but I said, I'm gonna kick your ass. If you don't give me the full panel, um, I pay for my insurance and I know it's covered, put it through. Right. Is it expensive to do? Is that why they fight it's it? Pretty expensive. And then you're also paying for medical insurance that you don't really need. Cause this helps with all the things you're trying to fix. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I got my levels back. Um, and he called me on the phone and he said, Austin, you're at a healthy level. You're fine. And I said, I want to see, I want to see the charts. By what measure? I was at 219. Oh, so yeah. It's like an 88 year old male. Yeah, year old male. Exactly. <laughs> and I didn't really have any, I, didn't, I had no problems. My hair, my skin, my, my nails, my, my sexual function, even everything was same. I never had an issue with that. There was never an issue, yeah. but I did some research and it's I, on the way though. Dude, watch your mouth, dude. Yeah. What? Watch your mouth, dude. I don't know what he's talking about. What are you talking about? Your but sexual, your sexual function, dude. I, I, I did some research and I learned the benefits of, of proper levels of testosterone. We should talk about sexual function in a second. Yeah. And so, and so I ended up going to a clinic and I'm guessing it's a similar clinic that, that you went to. Yeah. I learned real quick. Start with an M. Yep. Yeah. You learned real, you learned real quick that they're making money in this place. Yeah. Well, how much do you want to pay? Right. Uh, they're making a lot of money in there and, um, it just, it, it seemed like a very for-profit thing. Yes. Um, so I went back, I went back to my physician and not I, much talent going on yeah. in the staff. I went back to my physician and I, I told him what I was doing and he got a little mad at me and his whole, his whole standpoint was that, that that's not a real doctor. It's a nurse practitioner and yep. being an MD got all sideways with me. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you really need it, I'll, I'll do it. Wow. So I had to go outside of the scope of an act, my actual my actual primary care physician. Pay out of pocket though, right? I was paying out of pocket at the clinic we're talking about. Yeah. And then now I'm on an insurance-based uh, testosterone. I very low we dose. need to talk about that because I've done everything for a long time. I mean, I'm, I'm spending hundreds of dollars a month on insurance and this. It's and very affordable for you, isn't it? Everyone, Extremely affordable. Everyone's telling me that it's impossible because of... I've got a Blue Cross Blue Shield policy with a $7,000 high deductible. This is the last thing I got told by my insurance company. The woman, she's just really trying to help on the phone. She, it was kind of a joke, but also just like a somber moment. Um, she goes, well, if you were seeking gender reassignment, Jesus Christ. insurance would cover this. Are yeah. you seeking gender reassignment? Yes. What'd you say? I got livid fucking angry. Yeah. Yeah. Just by saying yes, you get what you want. But so you're telling me that if I just want to have a elective surgery to change my gender, that the thing that I need to function as a human being will then be covered. But if I'm somebody who's a cancer survivor and needs it, fuck all. Good luck. And also pays for insurance. So Welcome America. Baby. Your, yeah. your stance is that you think every male over 30 should get a full panel panel. And if they are chronically low, 
they should be on some sort of. I don't know if they should be on it. There's a lot of things to do here. One of the main things to understand is that diet affects this greatly. And how does diet affect it? Well, how inflamed are you all the time? Are you getting the, the right nutrients? And then one of the biggest things that is, uh, this is, this is why we have a pharmaceutical industry because the demonization of cholesterol. Cholesterol is the precursor to every hormone in the human body. Right. Our stomach bile, our repair, everything. It is paramount to being healthy. And what is the most dangerous thing a doctor will tell you in your diet is? Cholesterol. Cholesterol. I hear if you eat Honey Nut Cheerios, though. Oh, yeah. Heart healthy. <laughs> All those organizations are bullshit. There's a great movie about it called Fat Fiction. Where this woman researches every study. She re-researches every study the American Heart Association has cited since its inception. Who funded she, it? She finds out all of it's cherry-picked yeah, and bullshit. Crazy. 100% of yeah, it. Yeah, cherry-picking of any data is bad. You should look at the entire pot. American um, Diabetes Association, you know, Alzheimer's, all this stuff. Since I've been doing yoga, I've been trying to eat very clean. What does that mean to you? Trying not to relapse. And my relapse is orange chicken at Panda Express. <laughs> we can make that healthy. Oh, I don't know. Here, here, here's the issue, and this is why I call it a relapse. Is because if I go through the drive-thru, it's done before I, I get home. Yeah. Which he'll, is, he'll take a different exit to get home. Yeah. Purposely so I don't drive past it. The stomach, there's no nutrients, brain. If I eat, eat it more. If I eat it on a Tuesday, it will happen again by the end of the week. But I can go weeks without it. Do you know likely why? I have no idea. Because you're growing like bacteria strains like candida in your stomach, which have evolved to be able to use signaling of hormones like leptin and ghrelin. To tell your brain, we want more of this. So you create cravings. My body craves orange chicken. Yeah. Legitimately. Bacteria in your stomach. That's no, it's, bad. It's an issue. It's like a drug for me. Right so now, does it do it? Am I craving orange chicken right now? You're goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> well, when's the last time you had it? Uh, it's been a week. Yeah, well, okay. it hasn't been this week. Last week. A little relapse. And also, you got to live your life. So if you're doing as much as you can, we'll talk about it. Yeah, my, my whole point. No was, one's gonna take orange chicken away from you. <laughs> they better not. Can but you make orange chicken healthy? Absolutely, you can make anything healthy. So bake it and shit. Most of these candies are Jello. Jello's oh. super healthy. Let's oh. get the sugar out of there. Use honey. I got a recipe in my book. I can show you a photo of it. Put some berries in there with some herbs like mint, and use like electrolyte salts and honey. You have something that hydrates you, is delicious, and gives you energy. We should talk about all the things you brought. Oh, yeah. To finish my story, starting this yoga journey, trying to eat healthy, uh, eggs, meat, and fruit. So we can evaluate that maybe in our first consultation. But, yeah, eggs, meat, fruit. But I have come off of all- Fermented uh, vegetables. All medications, including uh, testosterone, sipinate. But I ha- That's amazing. I have not tested my levels yet. So I tested my levels before I came off. I need to tell my doctor that I'm coming off because that's the right thing to do. Right. But uh, always consult your physician. Always. But don't take their word as they're the end all be all. I had to beg the guy to even give it to me in the first place. And I think it has great effects. Um, But I want to see if my lifestyle change, maybe backing off the booze a little bit. Mm -hmm. I try to eat a lot of meat, a lot of steak. And then this high fat, hopefully like well-marbled. Well-marbled. Old station. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh but no, I'm hoping that the the fitness, the the, the diet and maybe some lifestyle changes will will maybe get me up cuz I'm I'm 31. Yep. Trying to get healthy. Really I think I'm at the point where I I shouldn't need that, but that will be to be determined. 
So what's interesting is like me and myself, I'm on this journey right now with the hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. Um, but also I changed my diet. I'm learning more. I found the value of cholesterol. And so now I it used to be every three months I'd have to go in to get re-upped, right? Right now, I'm a, for the first time, I'm approaching six months because my testosterone has been remaining at, tw- remaining at 1,200. You're sitting at 1,200 tests? Sitting at 1,200 right now. I go back in in a month and that'll be six months. And that's, I'm, some, that's some rock star level. Very excited to, to see what happened. And it, I, that is my diet. Those are my lifestyle choices, the quality of sleep, making sleep a priority. Uh, and then also uh, a product. I do want to give a shout out to the only, in my opinion, the only vitamins that work or supplements that work are animal-based, desiccated organs. So uh, heart and soil, heart, you can find them at heartandsoil.co soil.co. I take this whole package daily. And since I've been taking this at the recommended amount, the increase in the maintenance of that 1200 is sustained. What's all in this supplement that you have? Here? So How about the, you give me one of them suckers? Yeah. Well, you take six a day. Jeez. Um, so um, 1500 milligrams of New Zealand grass-fed testicle bovine. Um, 750 milligrams of New Zealand grass-fed uh, liver. And 750 milligrams of New Zealand grass-fed whole blood. Whole blood? Yep. Uh, And the whole blood extract is red blood cells, white blood cells, um, platelets, and immune proteins. Is this a eutropic? It's not a nootropic. They have one called um, Brain and Mood that is a nootropic. Yep. Hmm. I take that one as well. There's four other products I take daily. I take the Brain and Mood. I take the whole package. Um, I take the beef organs, which is like your multivitamin that actually works. Um, really? it's, it's like pancreas, liver, um, dried and ground thymus. There's yeah, there's five different organs in there. Um, and desiccated is what freeze dried and ground. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, um, I do uh, bone matrix. So you have like type one collagen in there and full bone matrix to strengthen your bones and all your connective tissues. It also helps pull more nutrients out of your food if you eat it with it. On other podcasts, people that have taken some of these animal organs, yeah, say they start getting all sorts of frisky and like pumped up and, and yeah, I'm a full blown male right now, man. <laughs> yeah, I am. I call it divine masculinity. Yeah, yeah, it's a place where I'm no longer the toxic masculine man. It's great. Yeah, hell yeah. So you're pro organs, 100. percent This is this is why we're human, man. We so like the lineage of humanity if you want to keep it simple, starts about 3.5 million years ago. And prior to 3.5 million years ago, we were consuming what we could find on the forest floor, like vegetables and things like that. We were very small. The female version of us was much, much smaller than the male. And that's probably because of their reproductive role, you know, the stealing of nutrients to reproduce the baby. So um, then you fast forward, about 3.5 million years, we start eating meat. Okay, but it was meat we would scavenge. So we would get there after a tiger killed something. And Seriously? Yeah, and we would have the scraps left over. So there would be no organs left. There'd be no fat left. There'd be barely any bone marrow left. Okay, so we might have some meat because a lot of animals don't eat the meat. They're not there for that because it's not as nutrient dense as the organs. I didn't know they didn't eat the, the meat. Fat. I knew they went for the organs first. Yeah, they will, but they want the organs, the skin, the, all that stuff. That's so wild yeah. to me. So well, you have to think, even back like in the Great Plains days, Back when uh, Native Americans and everything, it, you'd look out and see thousands of buffalo. Right, they could millions. Yeah, right. I just made yeah. like a single field. Right, it's it's not like 
today. So they would kill, take the organs, they'd move on, and they could kill, take the organ, and fucking do it. Yeah. Ten times. I mean, and use the hide to make everything else they need their clothing, their shelter. So then you, so 3.5 started eating meat. Then you fast forward to 2 million years. And the 2 million year mark, we started to find in archaeology stone tools. Okay. We didn't find the stone tools that were being used 3.5 million years ago, but there was evidence on the carcass of cutting and cracking the bones to get to marrow. I like scoring marks. And then you go 2.5 million years, we've developed spears. We're using fire. So what do spears do? They allow us to kill the animal. So now we're getting access to the whole animal nose to tail. And the fire is doing our digestion for us. So we have weak stomach acid. Like earlier, I was talking about how we're weak. We have our nails, our teeth, aren't really, we don't have canines to tear at meat, right? Right. So like, but we have a tool to tear at the meat, right? And that allowed us then to cook it because we harnessed fire and that made it more bioavailable. So we are now having access to the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet, which are organs. The cooking makes it bioavailable. This in tandem with fermentation process, which is, you know, taking vegetables and putting it in jars and stuff like that is much like a cow's rumen, right? So a tool that we had, everything that we used to do as human beings was figure out how to make food more nutrient dense and get access to more bioavailable food. Does that make sense? Did these original ancestors, we said before fire, were, were they eating some of these, these meats raw? They were, that's the problem. So nothing really changed from 3.5 to 2 million. So for like a million and a half years, our physiology didn't change much. Interesting. While we were eating meat. But they were eating raw. Raw. raw, And it was raw. But when we started to cook it, that was the, the, they call it exogenous, like outside of the body digestion. Wow. That's when we start, like uh, when they extract bones and stuff from the ground, that's when we start seeing the, the jump. Right. Yes. Size of the the skulls, size of the bones, everything. And and women started to approach the same size as men during this period. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then then you go to 10,000 years ago with the dawn of agriculture. Debatable. Well, of course, maybe 15,000 years ago. And also there could be other societies that existed before the Younger Dryas. But yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah. Right. I think we do know. But I, I, I think I do, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. The smart people out there that are being suppressed by the scientific community are figuring it out. And when yeah. certain people die, it will become ubiquitous knowledge. But so. Um, uh, so then you fast forward to 10,000 years ago, and that's when agriculture is ubiquitous, right? It's everywhere. You can see it in all the cultures that you study around the world. That is the point at which the, in the fossil record, the human skeleton and cranium and jaw started to shrink. Why? Because of, eating seeds, stems, and leaves, no longer being formidable and needing to hunt as much. That's when uh, we turn from hunter-gatherers to a society, essentially. Right. Civilization started to, to well, civilization dawned. That's a, honestly, that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, and in the fossil record 10,000 years ago, with the arrival of agriculture was the arrival of chronic disease and autoimmune disease. It's crazy. So you're saying, how do we know? How do we know that these early ancestors that ate most nose to tail diets, how do we know they didn't have autoimmune diseases? It's, you can see it in their bones. Like they, they, there's, they call them experimental archaeologists. Uh, Dr. Bill Schindler is one of them. Gotcha. 
And this, and this is the best data they have, right? I mean, this is, it all makes sense, I guess, that way. But I don't, I don't know as much of, on that side, but I, I, I just know from the agriculture outside perspective, you know more about the uh, disease and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's just because, like, I, I, I'm lucky enough now um, to tool around with these guys like Brian Sanders and get to get the information from Dr. Bill Schindler. And yeah, I work, I, I don't work with any patients, but the, the, the doctors that I work with, we deal with a lot of diabetics. Yeah. And I see these people just get torn apart. What do you think about diabetes? You know, I don't understand it. I'm the least, I'm the least, uh, I'm the farthest thing from a medical expert, but is it insulin levels? Yeah. Yeah. So is that what it, it's the like, measure of H1C, right? The, the, the greatest single measurement of health is how frequent you are triggering insulin response. So like insulin's the master hormone. Mm-hmm. If it's not stable, nothing's stable. Okay. Okay. And why is insulin going to be out of whack? Well, because we don't, we're not used to having so much glucose in our bloodstream, but yeah. all of our recommended dietary food creates glucose. Okay. Whether it's a potato um, all the way down to any carbohydrate. Potato to refined sugar, mm-hmm. okay? When your body digests it, it snips all the individual little protein and fat molecules down into glo- glucose. It all becomes glucose. And then you get inflamed. There's too much glucose. The pancreas shoots out insulin. It cleans it up. And then if you're constantly doing this, because what insulin does is it goes to the cell wall and it's basically the key to open up and let energy into the into the cell, right? But if that's happening too often, that's insulin resistance. So the cell starts to say, we're not opening up. We've got enough energy. And now you've got this glucose running around and major dysfunction in the body that leads to dialysis and just all the different things that will kill you as a diabetic. And it's completely avoidable and reversible. It's really tough. I, Unless it's type one. I work in the foot and ankle. Right? That's the one you're born with. Yeah, it's managed the same way. You can manage. I got a guy that I that I a buddy of mine that I talked to about this. You can manage it with what I'm talking about. Type one, you can mitigate and completely avoid reverse type two, and then there's a new talk of type three, which they're talking about changing Alzheimer's to type three diabetes. Oh so shit! Completely avoidable, completely reversible at a certain point. Because that's my biggest fear in life right now. Yeah, this avoid the added sugar, artificial sugars, seed oil, and grains that aren't fermented, and you will not have that issue. Even with the brain traumas? Yeah, in brain what? Brain trauma, the concussions and everything. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's a little bit different than that because it's all about inflammation, right? So you had, that's added inflammation. Mm-hmm. Inflammation causes all these chronic diseases. Yeah. Chronic inflammation. Because the system, the immune system just can't keep up at a certain point, so then it just starts to break down until you die. Okay. And we always have cancer cells floating around us. Every day there's cancer cells floating around, but our immune system knows how to handle them if we're healthy. Yeah. Hmm. My whole point, I, I work in the foot and ankle realm, and um, it's crazy to see what uh, diabetes can do to bone. And yeah, with man. the foot being the furthest, the furthest you know, bone structure away from the heart, it gets, it gets attacked there first. Yeah. Uh, when you're not eating properly. It can, yep. it can turn bones into mashed potatoes. Yeah. Jesus it's Christ. wild to see some of the reconstructions that we have to go through. If you ever want to look up some crazy stuff on the internet, look up Charcot. Charcot. Yeah. C-H-A-R-C-O-T. 
It's a okay. cra- crazy condition. French word? Yeah, it's the Charcot Marie Tooth, I believe. And I'm yeah. I'm not a doctor, so please, <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. But I, I, I'm fortunate enough to work with some really, really brilliant minds and, and some really, really good hands. And these people do wonders for some of these people, but it, it's crazy what happens. The foot, the foot essentially gets extremely hot. Mm. And there is a wash. Because of inflammation? There's a washout effect that happens with excessive blood flow that just washes out all the minerals. And- the bones go mush and the, the arch collapse. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what we do to fix this is we have to recreate the arch. We're just trying to offload because wounds, wounds are happening on, on the base of the, of the, floor. yeah, but go ahead. I didn't mean, no, that. that's no, that's amazing. So you said the minerals disappearing, right? Yeah. And that's, that's an inflammation issue in the case of diabetes. Okay. But that also happens with osteoporosis. And like one of the leading things with osteoporosis right now is that we evolved to drink water out of streams. What are, what's in water and streams? Minerals. Okay. Not, not fluoride. <laughs> yeah. Not fluoride and shit, and shit like that. So we, now what we're doing at water, we purify the shit out of it. Right. Okay. We don't reintroduce minerals. Everyone's drinking LaCroix, all this bullshit, bubbly. Why okay. do you hate LaCroix? I saw that on your Instagram today. <laughs> what you got against my LaCroix, bro? Uh, well, I mean, I went through the whole thing of like, I drank LaCroix like a fish. Right. And I just started to feel emaciated. Like I didn't feel right. And I learned the reason being is that it steals it, it to hydrate. Takes- we need minerals. So if the minerals aren't with the water, then it steals it from our tissues and our bones. I have a question. You always hear you're supposed to drink a gallon of water or whatever a day. If you drink mineral water, what, I, what I've heard, you only need like 16 ounces of water. Well, your need... If your your need is based on your output, right? Like, are you do you live in a hot climate? Are you exercising a lot? Are you someone who sweats when you're stressed? Like, so I, I guess what I, what I'm saying is, if you drink real water, what what we need, need are way the, less are the minerals that are in the water versus the actual water. The water carries the minerals. Yes. Yes. What we're needing are the minerals that are in the water versus the actual liquid itself. Yeah. Well, we need have, the liquid. We're seventy percent water. But. Right. Right. mineralized water. But why why we have to drink so much why the recommended number of ounces or whatever a day are so high is because the water we're consuming are so deficient in minerals. Yeah, there's something to there. I'm you know, earlier I said I don't like experts. I'm definitely not an expert. There's right. somebody more versed in that out there. Right. Um and probably somebody to dive into on that. Um Judy Cho, um nutrition with Judy. If you just Googled like proper hydration, nutrition with Judy, I bet you get a lot of answers. And Dr. Paul Saladino as well, the carnivore MD. Yeah, that guy's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Very cool. And he's, the supplements I take are his. Okay. I'm going to buy some of those. Yeah, Yeah. man. For sure. Me too. I don't remember where we were at before we got into water there, but. Sorry. uh, Uh, We were talking about diabetes and just. Yeah, I just, it's crazy to me. Um to see some of these people. And I, I told a story that was probably looking back was really mean, but it was about my experience on an airplane, I'm a thicker dude, but you see some of these people get on airplanes and they probably need somebody like you in your, in their life. How do you approach, do you have any clients that are? Of, yeah. I can of, only of handle a, like three at a time. So I do have three right now. Uh, uh, three clients total. Yeah. Really? It's just cause my main thing is actually helping you. Wow. Uh, It'd be really hard for me to make a business out of this because I actually want to solve your fucking problems. Have you ever worked with someone that's just massively morbidly obese? Yes, I have. Is there hope? 
there is absolutely there's hope. It just I wonder I I I'm not I'm not being mean, but but I, I'm wondering at some point how far back can they get? I mean, can they make a full life transformation and completely come back? I'm talking. I've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. The Thousand Pound Sisters or whatever the I fucking hate, show is. I hate the show. I hate that show. I don't even know the show. I There's a show. Yeah, I haven't been on cable. Like in, in 2012, uh, something politically happened. And I was like, you know what? I can't watch this bullshit anymore. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's all fake and just making me angry. And I, I, yeah. I've been on, I choose what I watch on a, on a app since then. I so, it's smart. I'd, Basically they, they, they got famous because of a show, these thousand pound sisters. The only time I've ever seen it was that, it's I've disgusting. seen the clips like on Instagram and stuff, but the only time I ever they're saw so it like, they're so heavy, their their like foreheads droop over their eyes. Right, I mean the fat. She has a, she had a she has a they they all they all have trachs oh, with forced bre- breathing to breathe because they're so goddamn big. One of them had a baby. I don't know how. That poor fucking kid. I know you're introducing a life form into something that's just going to kill. Well, it. it's just genetically fucked, right? Because of epigenetics. I, it's genetically fucked because of epigenetics. The, every decision we make moment to moment, the, the the quality of the air, the temperature outside, the weather, the conversations we're having, it has an immediate expression in our body and it's negative or positive. And 95% of our genes express this way. Everyone thinks that like, oh, we mapped the genome in 1998 and we found out that there's nothing you do. You're born with these genes and you, it's just the ticket you got. Well, 5% of those genes are what they're talking about there. Yeah. They are the blueprint. This is a cranium, okay? It should be this size, look like this, and end up this, this strong. Well, what dictates if it actually gets there? Nutrition and genetic expression. So the other 95% are based on this moment-to-moment. Wow. And let's put it this way. Is there hope? Health and wellness is, in my opinion, and my opinion is based on some brilliant people that have spent their whole lives studying this. Um, and I'm lucky enough to be privy to it. 90% kitchen, 10% gym. Yeah. That is health and wellness. Yeah. No Panda Express. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, you can have that once in a while. We have to be able to enjoy and live I our can't. lives, but I can't, literally can't. It once can't, a month? You can't do it once a month? No, but I'm telling you, if I have it on a Wednesday, I, it will be back in my life by Saturday. It's because of your really? gut biome. I, 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 it, I, I try to avoid it. It's, it's, it's a, not unique to you. It's I my go drug. through it. He'll go through it. It's like, my drug. You know, you know what also creates that? Yeah, a little, yeah. A little alcohol. Yeah. That's usually what it is. I'll, yeah. ha- I'll, I'll have a weak point during the week. Sometimes it's racing home to, to be at these podcasts. Yeah. And I, I got to get something. You know, what do I choose? Jimmy John's is shit. Every, every McDonald's time. quarter pounders. Just that, the McDonald's quarter pounder. Seriously, and tell us why. Dude, tell, I've been seriously. doing it for a year. Tell, tell me why, because that's I, a weakness, or that's what you would no, choose that's, to. That's no, that's species appropriate. You man. throw away the bun? I don't throw it away at all. I order just, uh, I do one and a half to two pounds of meat a day. And so if I'm going to McDonald's, what does that mean? It means six or eight quarter pound patties with just salt and pepper. And they're cheaper. You, you go to... You go to the McDonald's on the south side, that's $7. You go to the McDonald's in the west side, that's $10.21. You go to the Holy McDonald's shit. in Altoona, that's $19. What? Yeah. So say this, start over. I'm sorry, because this is very important to so me. So McDonald's uses 100% beef. All for right? the quarter pounders? For all their, oh, really? for all their beef. Um, 100% beef, and they don't cook it in seed oil. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Dude, this is huge for Yeah, me. and then they put sea salt and black pepper on it. We can get into black pepper is a seed, but you're not yes. eating a ton of it. But- there's sea salt on it, right? They give you packets of iodized salt, um, which is another rabbit hole. But um, 
so yeah, I just, I eat you're on the go. When people are like, I can't find something on the go to eat you're bull fucking shit. Go get the quarter pound. You like them. I got a buddy that just is obsessed with the little ones, like the 1.3 ounces, and he'll get like 20 of them. The regular cheeseburgers? <laughs> and he eats them like popcorn. What do you mean the little ones? Like the regular cheeseburgers. Oh. Yeah. They're still big, though. They're still, still like this big, right? But there's just the, just the, pe- well, the quarter pounders are like this. And uh, then yeah. The, yeah. It's all how they smash it out. So your, your, your buddy rolls up into the drive-thru and says, I'll take 20 cheeseburger yeah patties? he's the only so it's so funny we were talking about this i was like i think i'm the only guy doing this and he's like no no you're not it's i'm doing it and i was like i don't think they know that you're they think they might think it's me so i asked at one of the mcdonald's one day i was like is there anyone else doing this this is the south side mcdonald's and they were like yeah yeah one guy's like there's another guy that does it but only in the drive-thru and he likes the little ones <laughs> Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. So are they putting it in like a flapjack? Like the, the Yeah, well, the- so then there's that problem of what container. But yeah, I put it in a flapjack container. That's what you get. Yeah. So I do it at Wendy's. I do it at Wendy's and I get a, a their, their double patty, whatever, the big one. Uh, but I get it with bacon, cheese, and lead, and they actually wrap it. Well, that's in- not cheese, but yeah. So don't eat that. Mm, that's cheese product. I mean, it even singles, says in the label, it singles. doesn't have enough dairy in it to be labeled cheese. It's like Velveeta, right? It's fucking plastic. Yeah, it's dude. seed oil. It's the only cheese. <laughs> fucking seed oil. It's the only cheese in the world that doesn't have mold in it. Everyone's like, I love real. I got this one guy I used to work with, and he's like, do you have the real cheese today? And it's just, it used to drive me fucking nuts because the reason people crave this is because it's addicting seed oil. It's highly processed, addicting seed oil, and your brain is saying Eat more because there's no nutrients and we need nutrients. What's your stance on like Wendy's or Bebop's or any of these other places? Like you like I haven't experimented. This guy I'm talking about, he eats at all the places. Bebop's are his favorite patties besides the little ones at McDonald's. Um Bebop's is my guilty pleasure. I I gotta go try it. Uh, originally when he told me, he's like, they gotta put MSG in these or addicting and I gotta go try them. So what what when you say you gotta go try them, you're gonna go try it and then see how you react? Yes. See how I feel. And then you'll base your decision-making based on that. Yeah, I know immediately if I've eaten something wrong. And the very first sign is if my nose runs. Is it? Is it? Doesn't? What? Yeah. Hold Be- on. Hold because on. the nerves in our stomach are connected here. All the nerves in our body and our organs, they yeah. all connect through the face and the brain, and they go down into the teeth through the sinuses. Do you think, do you think that? Not all of them, but that is a prevalent pathway from the rest of our body. Do you think that because you eat clean most of the time? That when you do get in contact with these things, you have a heightened sense of awareness too. Uh, I know for a fact. Like when I call Brian to have conversations with him and he's got a sniffly nose, I know he went out the night before and he had something with bread. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I'll just be like, what'd you have for, with bread? And he'll be like, oh, man, I went with this couple and we had a few drinks and we got an In-N-Out burger. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it It's interesting. My girlfriend and I are we're getting more and more health conscious by the month, it seems. But- we don't know what to put in our refrigerator. She's probably mm-hmm. better than I am. She probably has it more figured out, but I'm a constant student of this. Mm-hmm. We should always be lifelong learners. Well, especially with my tummy issues. Yeah. I got to be careful what I eat at restaurants. What else do you... Poor new tum No, I, I saw something on Instagram where it says like, I'm a 10, except I have tummy issues. I don't know if that, yeah, if that doesn't apply to me, but... Um, it's interesting that I have that option now. Like that's a huge gift you have just given me. Yeah. I hope you know that. Uh, my pleasure, but it's not me. I'm just kind of the conduit for this information. And, um, I, uh, what about at a gas station? What, 
What's your stance on gas station? Hard boiled eggs. Fuck yeah. Um, Fuck yeah, yeah, Logan. I mean, and even get the jerky. Like there might be nitrates and sugar in it, but you're not going to be doing that all the time. It's going to save you from eating also seed oils and Roller also unfermented grains. You know what I mean? So you don't like hot dogs? There's hot dogs can be super fucking healthy. Some are. I mean, my, my, uh, I all got a beef. My brother Dewey, he just had his first daughter Daphne, and we were talking about the food the other day. It's been a long journey with him. He's one of my first clients, but. He's really on board now because of his daughter. And uh, what was the, what'd you ask me? The hot dogs. The hot dogs. And so he sent me a picture of these hot dogs he's eating with the ingredients. He's like, please tell me these are safe because she eats one a day. And it's like a lot of what she eats. And I looked at the ingredients and like, this is golden. Like as long as you don't, as long as you don't have, well, you want to avoid sugar Mm -hmm. dyes and nitrates. But if you're in a pinch and the options are a full blown Wendy's meal, or jerky at the gas station, get the jerky. Don't get the hot and spicy or the sweet. Get the plain old original jerky. Oh, man. You're going to be way better off. You might have some disruption, but not like the other. Not- I didn't think about that. What? My favorite jerky is that uh, red paper, pepper flake spice. Yeah, the, the trapper. The old trapper. Mine too. That's my favorite. Yeah, I haven't trapper. had it. I eat the. I eat the regular ones sometimes now, but yeah, the red pepper, the the hot and spicy fucks me up. And it's so good. It's, it's the so best. Good, it's, <laughs> it's my all time favorite. Drink, I'm with man. you there. Damn it. Uh, but then when you get into like, and that's convenience, right? Yeah. But if, if like eggs, you go to the grocery store, right? You go to Hy-Vee and you buy one of their eggs, uh, their eggs it, per yolk. There's going to be nine milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids. Right. And that's because that, Chicken eats a non-species appropriate diet. It's eating grain. It's specifically because of soy. When you get a soy-free egg, you might have 500 to 5,000 milligrams per yolk. So that's where nutrient density comes into play. And if you're eating the right foods, people are like, I can't eat this way. It's too expensive. You eat less food. You spend less time eating if the food is bioavailable to you as a species and it is nutrient dense. All the foods we eat now are not nutrient dense. So everyone thinks we have to eat all this food. Not true. I do usually one, I usually 24 hours, nothing. Then I have a meal. Then I eat. Say that again. You go a whole day without food? Regularly. Why? Uh, On the regular for five years. Fasting is a big part of human existence. Because dormancy of the stomach is where we produce 90% of our hormones. And if the stomach is busy, it can't produce our hormones. If it doesn't have cholesterol, it can't produce our hormones. You go 24 hours without eating. On the regular. How many times a week? I mean, it's just kind of how I live. Like I might have a, couple tablespoons of honey like sometimes i'll be hanging out at home and like i'm like oh i'm kind of craving something i'll do like raw honey with sea salt and raw dairy cheddar um and these pickles and it it sounds weird but i can't think of a more delicious snack you know like it's (laughs) it sounds scratches it scratches all the itches it's sweet it's tangy it's salty it's creamy it's crunchy it's Dude, Maldon or whatever, however you say it, salt is the best, best. salt. I'm going to give you some, Logan. I've seen you getting into it lately. I saw I saw it. I, like, I brought it just in case you were going to cook that ribeye I brought you. And I was going to say, let's not put anything on it. Let's just dry cook it and then finish it with the salt and some butter. We're done. Wow. Just cook yeah. it. So how many times a week do you fast? Every, every, every day. Every goddamn day. Yeah. 16 okay. to 24 hours. I, I won't eat before 16 hours. 
Whoa, 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 hold on. So you wake up and you don't eat you don't eat eat breakfast. Yeah. So four hours before bed and four hours after waking works for a lot of people. Works for most people. Um, and you have to think like you eat we two do, meals a day? One to two. Usually one. I usually but I'm front loading animal fat and animal protein. I'm doing what I was designed to do, and then I'm taking these supplements to fill the gaps. The organ supplements. Wow. So what you're saying is, is it, it's important. Your four hours before bed is when you start your fast. Yeah. Four hours after waking is when. Because when you sleep, you're fasting. Yeah. From water too. And like people wake up and they slam caffeine and like you need water when you wake up. Okay. And if you drink caffeine, it's going to dehydrate you. And let alone it's going to, it's, I think it's adenosine. It's like adenosine. I don't know much about adenosine, but uh, Huberman, uh, Huberman Lab. This guy, he's all he, Andrew Huberman. I love the guy, but it also he's a doctor that talks about pharmaceuticals. So it's like uh, you're Andrew, also doing Andrew, this symptom management. Andrew, Andrew Huberman. Huberman. Yeah. He he talks about this adenosine, about how it needs to wear out of our system in about 90 minutes to 120 minutes, and if we have caffeine, that stops the process of pushing it out of our system. And so later in the day, we're going to have a big crash. When do you drink caffeine? I do 90 minutes. So like I, I first thing I do when I wake up, um, I try to get outside. Hopefully the sun's there. Um, and then no matter what the temperature. And put on some clothes, obviously. No. Skin. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, with the sun's out, I don't care what the temperature is. I'm out there for at least five minutes. Vitamin C when you wake up is supposedly like, well, vitamin D. Or, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. It's, yes. it's because it's you're out there in your boxers. It's a hormone in right. in yeah. freezing temperatures for, for five minutes. Absolutely, it's do great. Do, and cold cold therapy is wonderful. Have Have you and got, my my teas my water's heating up, and then I make my tea. I shower, start working, and then I grab my tea when it's ninety minutes. Have you gotten into the new and yoga? I do yoga right. I, the sun, get the tea, make the tea, shower, yoga. Then you, I drink the you tea. do yoga at home as well. Oh uh, no, I go to. Power life in the morning. In in between the tea? I don't drink the tea till after. After? Because it's usually about 90 minutes after I woke up. Do you go to yoga every morning? Oh, not every, but I try to do three to five days a week. Yeah. And that might be, it's just morning now because of my job. I used to do noon. For two years, it was noon. Like consistently. God, there's some good noon classes. You too. caught me at a rare time at evening. I hate the evenings because it's so crowded. It does get very crowded. Yeah. I was golfing this last summer with uh, a doctor buddy of mine, and I told him about my morning routine and my caffeine intake. And he said, We need to have like an intervention with you. And this was the routine that I told him. And I'm still somewhat guilty of it. I wake up, I go out to Super Fridge. I'll have to show you Super Fridge okay. after this. Super Fridge in the garage. I'm taking it from your gesture. Super Fridge is great. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna love you're gonna love and hate Super Fridge. Okay. Anyway, uh, I wake up and I go out to Super Fridge and I get a 12 ounce sugar free Red Bull. I drink it before I get in the shower. I fought that battle. I get in the shower. Can't do it. I get done. I usually have a cup of coffee before I get out the door. Really good coffee, like some espresso or something like that. And then I grab another sugar-free 12-ounce Red Bull from Super Fridge. You're killing yourself. Really? Mm-hmm. 
I was addicted to that shit. I had it at nine years old. Living <laughs> so living in Austria, they were giving us to that. Uh, uh, it's at nine Austrian. years old, and they were it's Austrian. Yeah, it's Austrian. They were giving us that for soccer practice and shit like that. They Oranges give- and Red Bull, man. And then to like the kids? when we moved back, my brothers they had Michael Jackson drink, Flying Horse, all these crazy things. When we moved back, my brothers brought back cases of this shit, and then they didn't drink it. So like I was in high school before it was in the United States. And we would, before we drank, I would steal my brother's Red Bulls and we would get all hopped up on a Red Bull and like go film stupid pranks and shit like that. The, the what, what pissed him and then off. I got addicted. No, you're good. <laughs> and it was bad. I usually, what's weird is I, about middle of the day, like two, two o'clock, I get a sugar free monster. I don't know why. I like the volume. I'm going for volume at this point. So I, I you know why I drink addicted a sh- to the chemicals, sugar-free monster. And then what gets really scary is some of the pre-workout beverages I take in the afternoon, extremely high levels of caffeine enough to make me shake. My heart would There's better options like raw honey for pre-workout. Really? Yes. I'm going to change my whole life. <laughs> Proper hydration. There's this great product called sports salts. You find it at net natural grocers. You take two caps of that with your water, you're not going to have hydration issues the rest of the day. I mean, drink more water, but it has all the minerals you need. And so, like, before I go to yoga, I pop those. What's your What's your stance on, like, a liquid IV? The only thing bad is the sweetener. Okay, but yeah. not, not the kind. It's not liquid IV. Our buddy, like, our buddy Nick, uh, he runs the NG Nutra store in West Des Moines. He's got one that's, like, uh, non-GMO, no sugar. No sugar. Well, what's the sweetener? Because no sugar probably means sucralose. Before we leave, remind me. I'll show you. I'll show you yeah. some packets. I have a I'll question. Give, I'll give you a couple yeah. if you like. We it. should do a smart shopping trip where I teach you how to read labels and we walk through a grocery store and I explain what's what. Hell yeah, dude! I'm down. I'm down like 15 pounds just from doing my bullshit. I couldn't imagine if I've. I, <laughs> you're going to be responsible for some serious pounds falling off this old Good. meat vehicle here. I could drop 10. And then you can get back into bodybuilding the proper way and put them back on. I just never. Yeah. I, I, I think skinny is the new, the new big. I just, I don't ever need to get. Maintaining muscle is a pain in the ass. Is it? I, I mean, if I wanted to, like, if I started, put it this way, you want to change your life. Pick the weight you want to weigh. And how you're going to get there is you're going to consume before anything else, one gram of animal protein with animal fat per pound that you desire to weigh every single day. Yep. Okay. So like to put that in perspective, I do about 200 milligrams of animal protein um, per day. Um, and this is what I look like. If I bumped it up to four and started lifting weights, my body would go up to that weight. My body weight would increase because of muscle. I would maintain a lot of muscle, but now I'm spending twice as much on my food. That's what they always taught us when we were trying to put on mass is, yeah, a gram per pound of body mm-hmm. weight, of ideal weight. Yeah. And we were just, I mean, as kids, we were just chugging as many protein shakes as we could, trying to put on any muscle. But we're talking about also with proper hormones, without inflammation, like, excuse me, there's a lot to it. It's wild. It is. No one wants to end up like uh, what's that Coleman? What was the so sad? Fully very fused sad, back. So worst. sad. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the, the the amount of drugs and crazy stuff that that guy did, he was really talented before the drugs. Yeah, he's a brilliant guy, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's really sad to see him in the state that he's in. Yeah, he had a couple botched surgeries, also. Did yeah. he really? Yeah, and his spine. Yeah, yeah. But there's but a his lot. whole spine is now fused yeah. because of. Yeah, you ever seen him get up? 
He has to like grab something and use his arms only. He can't use. But he's uh, got leg braces and some other stuff too, doesn't he? He's pretty messed up. Yeah. He's not that I, old either. I have a question you kept skipping over. God, go for it. I'll stop talking. We were talking about the sun. Okay. What's this new fad about boofing? Boofing oh, the sun. Oh, yeah. Your butthole in <laughs> yeah, the sun. Yeah, your butthole in the sun. I man. think the whole point of that is get to people to realize the sun isn't bad. You can even put it on your, on your, your parts that you cover up all the time. Right? Okay. So what's interesting, when I, I used to get sunburned all the time. I went to the hospital once because of a sunburn in Colorado. Never been sunburned. And it was a, it was a, it was sunburn and windburn on a cloudy day. Yeah. You know, you're up in the mountains and that. Is that supposed to be when like the highest UV rating is when it's like slightly cloudy or something like that? Well, I don't know about that, but you still can get fucked. Yeah. Like what that looks like. You need five minutes of direct sun a day minimum. If it's cloudy, you need like 30. Okay. Right. So anyways, I used to get sunburned all the time. I was afraid of the sun, man. I just didn't like sunny days because I would get burned all the time. And I had to put these chemicals on that didn't make me feel good. And the sunscreen. And um, when I became what's called fat adapted earlier, we were talking about how 50% of every cell wall is made of fat and cholesterol in the body. When it is made of the right fat, which means animal saturated fat, full of cholesterol, omega-3 fatty acids. When you are met, that's metabolically flexible. When you have that state going on, uh, your skin doesn't burn. Okay. And I had, read, I had read about this and I didn't try it for a while. And finally, uh, there was a girl I was dating. It was her birthday. We rented a boat and we went to Sailorville and I decided today I'm going to sit in the bow of the boat for the whole day without anything but my shorts on. And I got red and everyone's talking to me, but I didn't feel burned like I usually do. I wasn't getting like worn out and went home that night. I was very red. Uh, I slept well, milk up the next morning and I had kind of a tan. Now, I'm Irish Norwegian. So it was an Irish Norwegian tan, which is, you know, yeah. some red pigment <laughs> uh, and freckles. Um, but my skin wasn't like burning and dry. Uh, it wasn't cracking. I didn't peel. And so now my routine when I can, I had been working with special needs for the past three years. Um, and I had a different schedule until I got back into the, uh, the, the COP profession, the animal protein. Um, but when I had that schedule, I was week on week off and I would do my health coaching and all this other stuff, the food photography. And, um, I'd sit in the sun for a minimum of two hours a day and read a book. Yeah. I could sit in the sun all day. We go on the, Ozark trip and everything. Everyone's lathering up with that. You never put on sunscreen? I've never. Yeah, the reason skin Dude, cancer I... happens is the seed oils and the sunscreen. You can't tell me that these ginger people don't need don't need to be lathered. I'm a ginger. I used to have red hair before chemo. Really? Oh, shit. Yeah. How long did you do chemo? Uh, I did three sessions. I was scheduled for four. And the third session, I told my doctor, I don't care what it is. I'm not doing that. You guys, You guys did surgery. I think I'm good. And I ended up being good. You were a ginger before chemo. Yeah, man. it changed your hair yeah, forever. Yeah. Imagine, it was my, it was dark my red, and my be- my really? beard was really red. My beard was really red. That's a good look on you, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not not, hey. not advocating going hey. to yeah. chemo to get gray, it, but Gray Brothers. Yeah, yeah right. Absolutely. Well, this came from the restaurant. If you look at if you look at the beginning of if you look at 2015, beginning of 2016, I had beautiful auburn hair. You know, this was after the chemo. Um. And then you look at September of 2016, and I've got gray hair and gray hair. It's wild, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 
Let's ask him some questions, dude. Let's let's ask you some crazy questions. <laughs> okay. Our final questions. Oh boy. Do you want to join? Yeah. So last oh, time I, I asked my two questions. I already asked my first one about Picasso. Okay, that was good. That's a mind blower. I like that. 1973? Uh, 73. 91? I think it was 91. I think it was 91. Some, something him. like that. It's some good living for that guy. Early 90s. Um, what was my oh you have to you have to commit a crime. And as soon as you commit that crime, that crime will never happen again in the world. If you were to murder Austin, there would never be another murder in the world. Oh, oh. But you have to live, obviously, you have to live with that crime. What would it be? I think it's a tough question. I would overdose somebody on opioids. Yeah. So that there would never be another opioid overdose. Find someone who's uh, on. The I could answer that a million ways. I think. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would I would kill somebody with pharmaceuticals to draw attention to the pharmaceutical companies and their genocide. I didn't yeah. answer. Yeah, you uh, still haven't answered. You said you're going to sleep on it. I. I. <laughs> nope. I still don't okay. get it. Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a very tough question. I, I thought I could say. I thought I could say. I would. I would kill a pedophile. That way yeah. there wouldn't be any more pedophiles. That's a good one. But there would be no more murders. The pedophilia is worse. Yeah, we, I just want to kill pedophiles. Yeah. I, I don't want to kill everybody. It's pretty prevalent. I but, was but to watching do, this thing how, today about... How do you eliminate those guys with sacrifice your sacrifice in Africa still going on? Is you, that a real thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah look up... Uh, we're really blessed to live where we look live. Look up um, Operation Underground Railroad if you're interested in learning about how tragic uh, the situation of our children is around the world. Really yeah. scary, dude. It's very bad. Eight hundred thousand children go missing every year. Is that a real fact? Yeah. <sighs> we've always we have a firm standpoint on this on our podcast. Is uh, yeah, if you mess with kids, we've got mm. no sympathy. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. Actually, that's a good. Stance. <laughs> I might change mine to that. It's yeah. a good stance. Yeah, uh, but I don't know how to make it apply to Logan's. You would have to do some. I'm not going to be a pedophile. Correct. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow. That's the thing. Whatever crime, you have to live with doing the crime, but forever the crime is no more. Well, it's illegal. How about this? It's illegal to kill pedophiles. So I'd kill a pedophile. No, nah, your loophole doesn't work. You didn't murder because that, that is the charge that you would no, get. Just murdering pedophiles. And uh, <laughs> I'm trying. Because then another pedophile wouldn't get murdered. That'd Correct. Be bad. He doesn't get That'd it. He doesn't, he doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to save the kids over here. You yeah, know? right. We'll think about it. And yeah. they need it. We'll think about it. They're getting attacked from all angles right now. It's that's, that's, that's so sad. That's the good ones. All right. Would you rather have Tyrannosaurus Rex arms or flamingo legs and why? I'd go flamingo legs because I really enjoy using my arms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Real tough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need those little wings because I actually don't think they were arms. Was it the flamingo? With the T-Rex. Oh, the T-Rex. They're They're... You think they're wings? I think the predominant theory coming out right now is all dinosaurs were feathered. Because we don't we don't know what they're scaled. We imagine that they're scaled animals. All we can tell is their bone structure. Yeah. Makes sense. Because I don't really trust birds to begin well, with. Let's put it this way. The, the, the closest living animal alive right now, the T-Rex, do you know what it is? I don't. Um, I would take a guess. Well, take no, guess. that doesn't work. I was going to say crocodile because they were alive back then, but. No. It's a chicken. No shit. 
chicken. There's some mean chickens out there. And then like the next one after that is ostrich. Yeah, I don't trust those, those things either. Mean fuckers. Dude, birds are crazy. Birds are crazy. Birds well, are like not, cat crazy. They're not they're not real, remember? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that shit. I love it. You ever seen a baby pigeon? No, I don't <laughs> see No, you ever seen a baby pigeon? No, I've not. Yeah. No, yeah. Government spy drones. <laughs> So all right it's fucked up as they're making shit like that <laughs> i just so. find it to be comedy i had a sticker on my car that said uh if it flies it spies for a while <laughs> oh, that's great it's just it's just funny and thought-provoking well, you ever heard joe rogan talk about it he thought that there was worms in the sky for a while and then you realize it was bugs streaking across the camera he's like oh, this no. is how stupid i was <laughs> it's hilarious it's hilarious that's wild yeah here's the final one the right. best one uh let's say you're Walking out of power life. It's not even going to work on him because of what's in it. God damn it. We got to say it. Let's say you're walking out of power life and you, you're walking to your car and you pass a dumpster. And it's a nice, nice sunny day. Lid of the dumpster's closed. And on the lid of the dumpster is a Tupperware specialty built container for deviled eggs. Oh. It's closed. You open it up. Everything seems to be fine. Do you consume the deviled eggs? Does it say soy free on? <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah, it says soy free, soy free raised. Seed, seed oil free. Seed oil free mayo. Yeah, I probably wouldn't eat them, but if they said soy free, I might try to find somebody that looks like they're starving nearby and bring them to them. I like it. What's your stance on deviled eggs? If they're soy free and the mayonnaise is made with uh, avocado oil, I'm in. You can't eat mayo. I can. Avocado, avocado oil, mayo, avocado, oil. like primal kitchen is a brand in general. They'll sell that on the shelf somewhere. Buy that shit up. Make all your condiments primal kitchen. Really? Yeah. They got ketchups and all that yep. crazy stuff. I mean, even Heinz has a stevia sweetened ketchup. It's great. It's like not as sweetened in tangier. I use it all the, the sugar, time. The sugar free. Yeah. So that's the stuff. I buy. One of my guilty pleasures at home is making smash burgers on uh, gateways like South, we- South Union sourdough with a shit ton of butter. And how, raw dairy blue cheese. How are you eating the sourdough? So I was going to bring this it's, up. It's, I, I just toast it uh, with my broiler. Okay, but but you're saying it's got grains in it, right? But it's fermented. Long fermented sourdough. So I was going to bring this up earlier because you can't just make sourdough. You have to have the ins- you have enzymes. The starter. Right? Which are and the fermentation on the starter, the longer you go, like up to seven days is more enzyme. Yep. So I was going to bring this up earlier, but I didn't. I was going to ask you about sourdough. Because I did know you needed the starter and everything. Yeah. Of course, it's South South Union Bread Company. Everything that George touches is That's, amazing. He's amazing. And I just want to give this to you guys really quick on here. This is uh, nose to tail. This is a whole food, nutrient-dense uh, Dravors, which is going to be like, um, it's like an African jerky stick. Okay. okay. So I've got the Puri Puri flavor here. And like, um, this is the, the company I do photography for. I'm doing the book with and and uh, developing some hot sauces that like diabetics can really? consume. Um, Sticks of Travors. And then I've also got the Livervores, which is the same thing made with liver. Can we try some of this? Yeah, this is yours. And then Biltong, which is South African jerky that's full fat. It'll be the juiciest jerky you ever had. Dude, thank you so much. Which yeah, is all you. grass-finished uh, cattle from Austin, Texas. Which one should we try now? That's up to you. Uh, my favorite is the... Is the Puri Puri Biltong? This is made- or not Biltong, Dravors. What's this Livervores? Livervores is, is it's instead of meat, it's liver. Crack oh, it. We got to go liver. Is that yeah, cool? Man, yeah. Is that okay? It's very minerally. Really? I've, yeah. never, I've never had liver. Have you had yeah. liver, Logan? I have. 
I'm interested in these. These are a year old too, so I'm interested in how the yeah that, looks, that looks normal. Yeah, and it's in it's in actual intestine casing. Do you it want one? Like yeah, absolutely. I'll, I usually don't eat this late, but oh, you don't don't mess up your day. It's meat. It's meat. Yeah, I just have a bite. But. And be honest here. This is but this is what like is that what liver tastes like? Yeah, liver's very minerally. Wow. Yeah. It's like the most nutrient-dense single thing on the planet. You want to talk about superfoods? Liver's the top. Right. But, I mean, this is like, you can tell it's an organ. Yeah. I like it. Kind of tastes like rocks. <laughs> with salt. R- rocks And with vinegar. Salt. I like it. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to say you like I mean, I really do. But I yeah. actually do. This is something, like, I take these backpacking. Like, when I go backpacking, I have something like this. It's gamey though. It is gamey. Yeah. But that you're saying that smooth is smooth muscles are gamey. Interesting. Yeah. Because they get a lot of use. Well, thank a lot you. Of wear and tear. Thank you so much for the gifts. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Any final questions? No, I, I actually really enjoyed this conversation. So did I, guys. I appreciate it. I pay attention. I don't necessarily live the purest lifestyle, but a lot of the things you talked about are on my radar. And it's it's weird that in the society we live in, I can't have this conversation more often. Yeah, it's just not as well known. People don't pay attention. It's frowned upon. Yeah. Woo woo. Um, yeah, and it's it's refreshing to be able to have this conversation. It's refreshing to be able to share it and see it received. To be honest, yeah. you you are extremely well spoken, and I just appreciate I appreciate you coming here and sharing your thoughts with us, enjoying some wine. Yeah. It was and, great. And really quickly, before I came in this podcast, I took the the brain supplement. I've, I've been, I keep hearing about are, all this. Are you, have you been just like on cloud nine this whole time? I mean, my, my thoughts are fluid. That's, that's all I keep hearing. The yeah. clarity, everything. Yeah. And that's I need great. to do it. Do you have any mentions or any any places where our, our followers can find you? All, all four of our followers can find you. <laughs> uh, I mean, to find me, um, you're going to have to. I, I don't do a lot of social media. I just do Instagram. So I'm uh, Patrick L. Cash, one word, uh, on Instagram. You can find, find me, excuse me, find me there, but uh, I'll give you a fair warning. Um, if you choose to view my story, you have chosen to view that. And these are my thoughts. And some of that includes um, political decisions I think we need to make as a society. So please don't get offended. I would not be offended at yours. And do you have a estimated timeline for the project you're working on now? For the book? Yep. I would give it another two years. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing good comes fast. Man. I'll show you guys some photos here in a second. Very cool. Well, cheers. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Good night.